0: Hey, Elser, what's going on? Can everyone hear me? Okay. Hello, hello, hello.
1: Welcome, everybody. <clears throat> Gosh, my energy was so low in that video. It was right after an eight hour drive back from uh from Thanksgiving. I didn't realize it, but we are going to dig into these details, but further, so uh we're gonna take each one of them one at one at a time and kinda break it down um when we were doing this week's podcast not this friday but the video that we just watched podcast uh we were trying to keep it short because of thanksgiving so um we we didn't we didn't really have time to dig fully into it so uh we we just figured we would do it on here and really dig into each of the topics So, but I definitely have to go to the bathroom first. So, you want to welcome everyone?
2: Sure. My hair is like extra of a mess tonight. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like really a mess. Okay. That's cool, though. It's all right. (laughs) It's in like. The messiest bun possible. As long as it's not, there's not like a random hair sticking up making me look like alfalfa. I don't think we have any zoomers in here, do we? They won't know who alfalfa is. (laughs) How are you guys? Hope you guys are all doing well and that video wasn't too rough. What is going on with this thing? Hey Kimmy, Dara, Elliot. Good to see you, Elliot. Eric, Sonia, Sydney, J-Ray, Michael. Yeah. Gen X for the win. X and Y they're the best zoomers aren't too bad but they're just
0: getting their legs
2: Kimmy, I don't normally theorize far out stuff but it just dawned on me the possibility the state was protecting a possible relative dad, mom, sis who snitched hmm That's a possibility.
0: Hey, Chrissy. Cheryl. Ethereal. Riddler, hey. Kate Spade. What? Yep, there you go. Alfalfa. Hey, CH.
1: This drink is so flat.
2: Dude, I I loved The Little Rascals as a kid. Like, loved The Little Rascals a lot. I watched a lot of, like, movies that were before my time, though. Hi, Kimberly.
1: I was not a movie watcher when I was a kid.
2: No, you were just psycho.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for
2: renewing your membership, Riddler.
1: (laughs) yeah riddler coming in hot,
2: hey Devo, Julie.
1: I grew up in Southern California, and I had all land around me, which is really rare for California, but undeveloped land all around me, so like it we called it the field, and I had a field to the left of my house, a field to not a field to the right to the right, we called it the ditch, and it was a huge storm drain that had like a giant tree swing in it and then across the street we had another field um and it it was all undeveloped houses and then uh they tried to come in and develop them but it ended up not working out and like i wasn't the only troublemaker where i lived okay there was a lot of troublemakers and multiple times when they were trying to build houses to the next to like the left of our houses kids kept lighting them on fire yeah so like it would be a ton of wood it would just be like the bare bones and a kid would light it on fire
2: that's terrible you know that's funny because i had an area like that by my house growing up and um there were two subdivisions across from each other like totally on the opposite ends of town basically Um, but I guess they're both kind of on the outskirts, but they planned to make those two connect so, like, the whole subdivision eventually was gonna like cross across town, and um, but they never did it, it just stayed woods. And uh, we had many crazy things happen back there, like, we had a fire pit back there, people tripped on all kinds of hallucinogens back there, and then one time there was a fight so big, like, literally. 2 to 300 kids in a circle out there. Yeah. With like 3 in the middle. Yeah. It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it it wasn't me. I I would cop to it if I lit one of them on fire. I will tell you though that I have a really funny story where I lit the I lit the ditch on fire. So like there's this big ditch on the side of my house that had a a a tree swing up in it and uh there were a couple things we did with that because the, um, the drainage system for all those houses ran through there, like down the side of it, these cement tubes ran down the side of that storage drain. But I, when I was like 11 or 12, I wanted to do a model of cocktail for the first time and find out what that was like. So uh, I, I got a big old bottle of gas. Cause you know, we rode dirt bikes and stuff. So like we had bottles laying around and gas tanks and all kinds of stuff. And I made the model of cocktail and got it all ready and lit it on fire. And I threw it into this storm drain that goes underneath the road and it didn't break. Okay. It, it just rolled in there like, you know, and all the gas came out into running water and it lit a hundred feet like the gas got into the running water and it just started lighting all the way down as far as I could see. And gas burns black, like really black. So the whole sh- road got shut down. There's black smoke coming from both sides of the road and so dark cars would not drive through it. So there's just like oh, a line of 50. And this was a busy road, too. So there was like a line of 50 cars one way, a line of 50 cars the other way. I, I just ran, dude. I didn't even watch the rest of it. I was like, no, I'm out of here. I'm going to be in trouble. But yeah, it was funny.
2: He is spanky. <laughs> that is what he is. Um, hi, Cynthia. Hi, yes. Moto Man.
1: Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Yes. I know I was talking to a lot of you in the premiere. So. Um, hey,
2: Queen Elsa! I thought this—I
1: thought this was a good topic, though, and I almost wish that we had covered this topic when we were doing like the regular editing, not, not, uh, not the Thanksgiving editing. But that's okay; it gives us a chance to go into it here. But welcome everybody to the true crime talk show. <laughs>
0: And make sure if make sure if you
1: have not checked out our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, anywhere that podcasts can be found, uh, you do that. And uh, you can find us under Thought Riot, the true crime and criminal culture podcast, and the cr- true crime talk show. So, welcome, welcome, everybody. And we will get into it. I'm always glad when Sunday comes around so we can hop in here and talk. I always like chatting and learning and figuring things out. I'm excited to cover one of the topics that we just covered on Friday. I don't know when the video is going to be ready. I'm not done editing it yet. Um, but it's a it's a new technology for fighting crime, so, and it makes me wonder why we haven't seen it
0: <clears throat>
1: in places where, like, there's not a lot of cell coverage like the Idaho 4. Or Delphi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why Why are we not pulling? The, there's big question marks around where Richard Allen parked, right? And where he was walking. So he didn't have his cell phone on him? I don't remember those details, but uh, I feel like if somebody has their cell phone on them, based on the technology that we just listened to, we should be able to track them.
2: I mean, nobody knows what you're talking about because no, they I haven't know. seen it. But um, Richard Allen, the the he claims that he parked at the old Farm Bureau building, which is basically in downtown Delphi, um, but in the his probable cause affidavit, it says that he parked at the old child services building, which is more out of town and way closer to um, the bridge. So, I mean, it is, you know, when we were talking about it in a recent video, I, I looked up the the round trip time. I mean, it was like three miles or something like that. And that is kind of far like if you're planning on going to a bridge but my question was is there a trail is this something he started doing for exercise did he do it like regularly has he ever done it before like because i could see it reasonable to go for a 3 mile walk for exercise or run yeah like i i knew somebody who literally ran 5 miles every morning in california and went yeah. to college and worked multiple jobs.
1: So I I don't think that's Richard Allen. To be fair, right? Because uh, I know a lot of people too that are that way, but they look like runners.
0: Yeah, he
2: Richard doesn't Allen look like does one. Not
1: look like a runner. Um, You're right. And huge shout out to Chrissy. Welcome, new member. That's incredible. Welcome to he the. He may not riot. be
2: running though. He could have walked.
1: No, I agree. I don't think three miles is is very long for a walk. No, it's not if you have like 45 minutes because that's about what it would take if you're walking fast um but yeah 10 miles is 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 cake also for runners for people who are conditioned to be able to do that so i agree with you i'm just trying to think of new ways that this technology which i get you guys haven't heard yet but you will i'm just teasing you so you want to hear about it right But I, this technology should be able to be used in most situations where there's not triangulation available. So hopefully we'll get into it this week, probably in the second half of the week. But yes, I saw someone shout this out and I should have opened with this. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we just want to say thank you to all of our viewers. We have made incredible, incredible, incredible pod uh, progress in such a short time. So, you know, we started creating videos last December, November or December or something like that, but we weren't, we didn't have our topics down. We didn't have our direction down. We were kind of trying to figure things out. And we went full time true crime about four or five months ago, uh, in between four and five months ago. And that's really when we started picking up the steam and things started to just click. Um, And, uh, you know, it's just been significant upwards progress nonstop from that time. I think one of our first videos, we jumped from like a couple hundred subs to a couple thousand subs. uh, And we just hit 6,000. So, that's awesome, yeah. amazing, and uh, you know the way that we run the show. I I really feel like we are all Thought Riot podcast. A lot of our topics come from you guys. A lot of me learning. A lot a lot of my growth in. Uh, in, in touching these topics and, and some of the details around them is directly because of our community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, or getting the topics to research then and look into further. So, you know, in that four months, we were in the top 15% of most viewed for Spotify uh, on Apple. We're actually in the top 10% of most viewed Um And uh, in in two different countries at two separate times, we've been in the top five uh, nationally, which is pretty incredible as well. Um, So it should only be up and up and up from here. And I can't wait until we can go full time. When we go full time, I feel like the quality and the overall investment in everything is going to jump and uh, we're going to be able to. Cover a lot more news, be an actual news source, you know what I mean?
2: yeah, and I saw the evil c j show uh, is in the chat. oh, and
1: that's awesome.
2: thanks for being here. Thanks for the nice words yeah, um, absolutely. i I've watched you before, and i I appreciate your work yeah, but thanks for incredible. thanks for being here and stopping by. We yeah. really appreciate that. um, so. You know, one of my updates this week on the podcast, which you guys have not seen yet because it's undergoing the editing process. Uh, one of my updates was about baby Zeke in Idaho. Oh, and no. One of the breaking news. I'm nervous. It's not good news. Uh, oh, no. That's why I started getting a solemn face as I was sitting here because I just saw it pop up on the news um, on my computer. He was found, passed away in the woods.
1: No way. So dude. if
2: you guys don't know what happened with this, that video will be coming out um, and there's details in there about the father a little bit, but, um, yeah, there was an Amber alert in Idaho, I think Victor Idaho or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but there's an Amber alert and the baby's mother had been found, passed away, uh, by the father and the father was clearly losing his mind. He abducted the baby and ran. He's only 10 months old, 10 months old. And yeah, he was uh he was found in the woods today. Um,
1: Gosh, that is and so his, awful, well, dude. And I don't understand. Remember me telling
2: you about him being naked?
1: Yeah. I, well, I, he I, was
2: naked in the woods, walking around nearby.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Uh, but so here's my big question with that: his age doesn't match. Re- the age that people normally have a mental breakdown. So do they have any idea what this is?
2: He's 48.
1: Yeah, that's, it's normally late twenties. It is normally for people to have like, uh, your classic, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, um, you know, some major mental instabilities, it's usually towards the end of your frontal lobe developing, which is mid to late 20s is is where you classically see it most of the time. I understand that there's going to be people outside of that uh, statistic, but do they Does he already have one of these disorders and he stopped taking his meds? Like, what caused this mental breakdown of his to lose it? He's literally lost it.
2: He lost it. So it says that he has been apprehended, obviously, and he um, they're taking him for a psychiatric evaluation Um, but that's, I mean, I haven't heard anywhere that he had some kind of psychological condition. He, I believe was a mechanic, um, and by all accounts from everything I've heard from the family and, you know, just what their life was before this tragedy, before he murdered his wife and took the baby, um, They seem pretty normal. Like, the mom was an artist. He was a mechanic. They seem like a hardworking family. That's why I'm shocked. Um, You know, she posted stuff to social media, and uh, they seemed all right, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, she turns up, passed away. He's naked in a convenience store, and then he runs off with the baby. Well, That's
1: why I'm shocked for that reason.
2: Convenience store first, then her, then he runs off with the baby, and now this. I...
1: I don't get it. I don't understand it. He was for, uh, he
2: was forty eight, Miss Kelly.
1: Yeah, so a, a pretty rare age to have like your classic mental breakdown. You're talking yeah. about like
2: one of those conditions, you know?
1: Correct. Correct. Um, So n- this is a true psychosis breakdown, you guys. So what I mean by that is, I understand you can have a mental breakdown at any age, but uh, at this. At this severe, it is very, very, very uncommon without a catalyst of drugs or, um, a, or a chemical imbalance. This is like it. This is as as bad as you can get. This is as far as you can go. There's nothing worse than this. Complete and total loss of reality here. Uh, and I'm assuming right because clearly their lives were okay all the way up into this, and then they. And then he ended everything. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming there is a total loss of reality here. But uh, that's very uncommon at 48. Normally we see it when uh, the frontal lobe is just about developing from mid-20s to late-20s. That's where you see schizophrenia come out. That's where you see high-intensive manic depression come out. That's when you see schizoaffective come out. Um, And that's when normally, you know, medication starts and things like that. But with other mental breaks later on in life, normally there is a drug catalyst it, and I'm not um, just saying street drugs. I'm also saying you could have a reaction to a uh, prescription drug, you know? Yeah. Or, or bipolar, um, untreated. Right. And, uh, that's why I, it, The reason why I'm asking, because this is such a horrible story, right? And I'm asking for selfish reasons because I want to understand why someone out of nowhere could go out of their way and commit such a heinous act like this to a baby, a child, an infant. You know what I mean? Um, And after living together and, and... there being no problems like this prior or from what it seems no problems prior to this, uh it, it, I'm just trying to connect dots here.
2: Yeah. So I just pulled up National Institutes of Health, and it says in the majority of cases, psychosis late in life occurs due to underlying medical illness, medications mm. or illicit drugs. Right. Um This also talks about a brief psychotic disorder uh, can be triggered by extreme stress, such as a traumatic accident or loss of a loved one. Can you imagine? And it says this is most often when that brief period of psychosis is experienced by people in their 20s, 30s and 40s. So he's 48. He's on like the the later part of the spectrum. But can you imagine reawakening from a brief psychotic dislike break and realizing you just took the life of your baby and your wife like you come to that would be the devastating, most
1: devastating, horrible yeah i don't even then i think
2: you m- would, I can't even imagine that i think you would be psychotic probably at that point for the rest of your life but
1: i've always wondered right because psychology uh sociology uh you know the the mental of masses essentially has always intrigued me in wanting to understand like how it works and everything um were there are there signs before it gets to this point right you know what i mean
2: well he was naked in that store and he was leaning over right. trying to get a cigarette and then he was taken for a psychiatric evaluation and then released. And yeah. then that night, that night, he went home and killed his wife and took the baby. Yeah. So that makes me wonder, is there some kind of failure here on, you know, whoever took him in? He, he clearly shouldn't have been released. How psychotic was he continuing to be? Because when he was found and the baby was found, a hunter was walking, a hunter called in and said there was a man sleeping in a sleeping bag on the side of the road and was naked and saying weird things. Like, so he's clearly like gone, like real gone, you know? And then they found the baby, but it's like, should he have ever been released? Yeah, is that I a failure? Insurance is a big one, Kimmy. You're absolutely I right.
1: Think, I think it matters in what state you're in because the rule of thumb, at least in California, is if you get picked up, it's a minimum 72-hour hold. It can be extended to 10 days, but it's 72 hours to um, assess You know what's mm. going on if you get picked up. So it shouldn't
2: up. have been same day.
1: Well, it shouldn't have been, but I, I've never been married and taken to a uh a mental hmm. whatever you call it right wherever he was taken taken to the the lockdown facility part of a hospital um can your significant other sign you out taking liability for you you know or assuming
2: it, it didn't. Liability. It didn't sound like that's what happened, just because the way they describe it. But I don't know. There's no way to know if she signed him out or not. But it sounded like he was released and then went home and killed her. Is yeah, it, that's geez. how they made it sound? Um, but I like. There's no way to know for sure. But sure. I mean, I guess somebody could do that. Um,
1: yeah, I but don't know. He I just, guess we'll just have to watch it. It's just a really crappy situation. Awful.
2: Yeah. Horrible. It's really, really, really sad. It's like yeah. a, it's a whole family essentially annihilated. He's gonna be gone forever, and he should be. And then, you know, the baby and the mom—they're yeah. all gone. I just can't imagine. It's
1: absolutely horrible, especially absolutely for their
2: horrible. their loved ones. You know, like the grandparents and stuff who just—he's only ten months old. Yeah. Everybody had to have been so happy to have him, you know, there. Yeah. Usually new babies are like a really exciting thing for everybody in the family. So it's just really, really sad. It is. Hey, A.R. Hayes. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Good to see you.
0: To
1: have you come hang out. Um, All right. So. Go out of that really dad's story um i don't even want to know what happened to the baby if you guys are yeah. curious about that look it up they don't um, they I haven't don't released to know
2: they haven't released those details
1: yeah i'm
2: i'm obsessed with true crime but
1: i'm the type of person that will stop when it gets to the pictures i'm just i just don't want to see the uh i just don't want to see the images you know um
2: Oh hey, duty Ron in the house. Yeah, good to see you, and thanks for the super chat. Due to mental health reform in multiple states in the U.S., many people who require long-term care and treatment do not receive the proper treatment. Our system is broken. Thanks for your coverage. Oh, yeah, we appreciate that, duty Ron.
1: Yeah, hmm. we'll leave that one up. So, uh, and, and that's such a great point. That's such a great point. Um so we, we have quite a few family members that deal with addiction, which is a mental health issue. Uh, and I know for a fact that a lot of times insurances don't cover addiction in the right way. And, uh, you'll go to a hospital to try and get uh, get off. And maybe you hit rock bottom or something like that where you want treatment. But, um, the rehabs will only accept you after your health insurance has approved like a certain amount of days and most of the time it's not even isn't most of the time 28 days i think they approve 28 days most of the time from what i've seen which doesn't work for most people for most people it's not enough yeah over half of people uh, that deal with addiction need somewhere from 90 to like 120 days. I don't remember the stats, I haven't looked into them in a long, 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 long time, but um, I believe it's something like that. So, I can only imagine dealing with shorter term mental health issues like a mental breakdown, you know, where you need to quickly get on medication or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or, oh, you know what? Wait, didn't you say he was a mechanic and she was an artist? Yeah. So I wonder if they didn't have health care.
2: It's possible they did not.
1: And that's what sparked the release.
2: Yep. It's possible. So that's
1: scary, dude.
2: That is scary, especially if somebody's dangerous because they're psychotic. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's very scary.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Jeez,
2: yeah, there needs to be some kinds of laws around that that I mean I'm sure there already are some, but I'm sure there's a lot of ways to get out of them um, where you, like if if they release you and you go on to commit a crime and they find that you were negligent in treating that patient and holding them like there were signs there that they should be held, and those signs need to be clearly you know written in the law, then they're liable,
0: dude.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's yep. how I see it. it. They should be liable I if mean, they release them like that.
1: I think they are. I think they are. Uh, I think they are. Yeah, and but what's interesting is... So, rarely,
2: they rarely get held accountable.
1: No, you're right. Not real accountability. But you got to remember that like healthcare accountability is very different. Where she, Malia has people in her family that uh, work in healthcare. I have people A lot. in my family uh, that work in healthcare... And, um, one of them deals directly with like the billing, the money, the management of that health of those healthcare systems and hospitals have some of the highest insurance coverage of any business. So a lot of times what hospitals will do in situations like this is try and get in front of a lawsuit. So Uh, They'll just offer it a big payout. So there is no real accountability because they're more worried about making sure the information doesn't get out. So they will step up and pay out quick. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yes, that creates a situation where less people are held accountable. So no change occurs. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. uh, Kimmy just said there's a new Senate bill, uh, Bill 44, that just passed. Just about that. Uh, oh man, that, we're that's gonna have awesome, to look into that. But it's for minors. Yeah. I'm gonna have to write that down. Thanks for mentioning it, Kimmy.
0: Because yeah. I know
2: I know I don't know enough about this issue. Oh, me neither. I don't know enough. And I want to know more. And I, I remember I saw Michael um a little earlier in the chat said that king of the chat that um we closed the asylums too soon, and and I I agree with you. I know that when I lived in um, Northern California for a while, there was talk around the town because there were so many homeless people on the streets, and it's usually not as bad up there as it is in like downtown San Francisco and LA, and um, it was really really bad at the time. And the what everyone was saying is that the asylums got closed. And then all of the homeless, like when certain things go on in the city, they give all those homeless people bus fare and tell them to leave. And so they all migrate outwards on the outskirts cities and then wait for that event to be over and then just go right back. Yeah. And a lot of those homeless people were so out of their minds. Like they should not have been on the streets. (laughs) They should have been in mental health, like getting mental health help.
0: So
1: have you heard of the homeless pass around game that happens too? And I don't want to get too political here. So we'll, these are like hyper politicized topics here. Okay. But uh, a lot of states will send uh, homeless people back and forth where they'll offer free bus tickets uh, to try and reduce some of those areas if their crime rates are getting too high if uh they're they're having if their jails are getting full things like that but uh yeah i agree i feel like there should be a different route we we should have different uh different opportunities to help fix some of that in any state anywhere and i think it would reduce these kinds of issues with the proper systems put in place one thing i did want to say is um it, it's funny, we have AR who hopped on here and uh, Duty Ron. And I believe we gave both of you a shout out in the recent podcast that we just covered, um, which gets a lot more views than even our YouTube videos do. So hopefully, we'll, you'll get some thought rioters over there. And uh, what's nice is I would say everyone in our community is uh, super positive and respectful yeah so So
2: if you guys haven't checked out duty ron uh a convict's thoughts with ar hayes or the evil cj show they're all incredible really positive content creators critical thinking critical thinking um and i appreciate every single one of you and i appreciate you guys being here and supporting our channel and yeah you know I would love to uh, collaborate with each and every one of you eventually.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, that's
2: what I want to know. Why he, wasn't he let out of the hospital? Why was he let out of the hospital? And Micro Kimmy said that actually that Senate bill was for adults and minors. She just wanted to make that clarification. But that is hey, that is amazing.
1: If we, if we can start... Wait, it's for adults and minors? Yeah, she wanted okay. to clarify okay. that okay. it was okay. for both. Okay, okay, cool. I mean... I see it as a win, even if it's just minors, because it has to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And a lot of times when you're trying to pass a new bill with uh, like new programs, something we've never seen before, a good way to do that is to get, you know, all the political parties bought in with children because – One thing everybody can agree on is we want to take care of our kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. In anywhere, whether you have your own kids or not, you know, it's just like an inherent thing in us all, unless you're a sociopath that, you know, that you got to take care of kids, man. But
2: exactly.
1: We will get into the topics here. So uh, we watched and premiered the five most damning pieces of evidence for Brian Koberger. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to talk about each of these and we're going to look at them from the court standpoint. So we're going to try and bring up some of the details and or angles from the prosecution that we should expect to see and some of the details or angles from the defense that we should expect to see. Now, I found it super interesting that they said that it was five, but only offered four.
2: Yeah, I know. I feel like that was like maybe um, an issue from the editor because, you know, like marketing wise, five oh, that's a
1: good read. five yeah.
2: sounds a lot better than four. And mm-hmm. I think when they went through editing that, they were like, wait, well, I guess we could kind of make the last one five since it's kind of like unknown. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I think it was a marketing choice
1: or maybe uh yeah, I don't want to go too too far into that, but he could he could have an at-home recording studio and record his stuff and then send it into the editor and for whatever reason his number 5 just wasn't up to par. Yeah. So they kind of dropped it and used just some of the other filler, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, maybe. But I
1: thought it was super funny. Um do you remember what the first one was?
2: Uh what? No, you should have written them down.
1: Yeah, I should have.
2: <laughs> you didn't write them down? <laughs> pull it up real quick. I will I will pull it up. Actually, I'm going to do it on here. Not on my little side computer. But yeah, it's it's so Ian actually, um prisoner of the chat, if you guys seen have seen um he's often here. I don't know if he's here right now, but um he actually sent us this video and said, you know, a response to this would be awesome and uh I decided to do it. And um, it is labeled Coburger's like five pieces of most damning evidence. And it is on the sidebar
0: podcast. Here it is. Oops.
2: Here we go. Okay. And um, they went through it with Brian Inton, and it's Jesse Weber, right? Yeah, Jesse Weber's the host of this podcast. Um, Here, let me pause for one second, because I saw Duty Ron say something. Uh, Court decisions in the 1970s established a patient's right to refuse treatment, which many exercised medical advances in drug therapy, allowed many to leave traditional institutions, return to their... I don't know. Yeah, it got the cut
1: off. 1970s patients' rights to refuse treatment. Yeah, which many exercise. So, um, yeah, actually, I do know what you're talking about, Duty run. Um, so I think there is one specific reason that they can hold you without your consent, like a 5150, and you have to clearly show that you're a danger to yourself or a danger to others so if he didn't do that if he didn't prove that he was a danger to himself or a danger to others uh like from what i've heard in doctors it has to be over the top clear um then that could be why they didn't hold him to
2: yeah i i understand that like maybe he wasn't meeting the threshold of like you know harm he could do like insanity to where that he's like he could be a harm to others or himself like if he wasn't meeting their criteria whatever that is I guess I could see you know him refusing treatment and then them letting him go but after what happened I just it makes you wonder you know like did they release him because he didn't have insurance and they knew they'd never get paid like I don't know I hope that's not the case But, I mean, the right to refusing treatment, I think, is important. It's important to have. uh, But in the same respect, if somebody's showing signs of, you know, potentially hurting people or being psychotic to the point where they don't know what reality is, I think they should be able to be held.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
2: It's also a scary situation when, um, you know, somebody is being accused or, because I've, you guys, I'm sure, have seen movies, and I know there's some real-life situations that have happened like this where somebody's been stuck in a mental hospital and can't get out because of family members and stuff painting them as crazy. That's also a super scary situation.
1: Yeah, yep, it is.
2: <clears throat>
1: it is. Okay, so do, do you remember what they are? I can almost guarantee. So it is the cell phone pings, it is the DNA, it is the car, and it is the what what am i missing cell phone pings car there's only dna four.
2: and the last is just nothing
1: no that was three.
2: Oh, dylan cell phone
1: oh okay i wouldn't count that's right duh <clears throat> i don't know how i missed that okay so what should we start with should we start with the big one the obvious one with dna yeah okay so i i do have a question for everybody too and I took a poll. Sorry if that causes background noise, you guys. I wanted to fix the mic. Sometimes when you grab it, it'll it'll cause like fuzzing or whatever. Um, okay, so I did a poll.
0: And we love our polls at Thought Riot. Let
1: me see here. Give me one second. Okay, so there we go. Under what circumstances do you believe the DNA could be thrown out? Could be thrown out. Obviously, this is uh, theoretical. uh, just, Just to see if it could get thrown out, what do you think the reason could be? And we had 29% that said, I don't believe it will be. 35% said they won't be able to show their work product or chain of custody. Um, 27% illegal gathering and or testing of DNA. 6% mistaken the work product and 3% none of the above. So with all the hyper focus on the DNA lately, right? Because it's due, it was due December 1st for a a private overview with the judge, what do they call it again? The in-camera review. Yeah. In camera review with Judge Judge. And uh, you know, I we're not gonna see the details of it. And you even speculated that the request that came on the 28th or 29th in the documents was specifically asking to gag that DNA evidence beforehand. So if that's the case, we aren't going to know any of that until it comes to the trial. Like it's just not going to happen. So with all this focus on the DNA, do you believe that the DNA could get thrown out? And the reason why I'm asking this, you guys is one is included in our video and two, um, Ashley Banfield actually came out with a video asking what's going to happen if the defense gets the dna thrown out which i was surprised to see honestly I like i the, was really shocked to see that but
2: i think the case will fall apart
1: i i agree i Ban- agree
2: banfield has gotten so much hate i i guarantee she's seen it and i know somebody who knows her personally um who says that you know she's kind of a nightmare to off camera mm, um, ugh. but <laughs> she's like a mega nightmare to work with uh, off camera but um, I just I think that she probably sees the comments and she might try to be a little bit more unbiased considering that's what News Nation advertises do you, that they have unbiased coverage <laughs> do
1: you think they're allowed to actually be their own people though do you think the character that they play in front of the camera is their own character or do they have a director behind the camera that is like hey What's going on tonight? You are not your normal, like kick in the butt, biased self. Um, you know what I mean? Are are they are they pushed into a certain character in front of the camera, which is what a lot of people feel like with mainstream media?
2: Hmm. Um, well, I, I think that obviously if you're in front of a camera and you're a news anchor, you have to be like people want to watch you like you have to be convincing you have to be you have to be like you have to capture people's attention but in the same respect I do think they have a little more authority of over how they present themselves especially when you have your own show on a platform like it's not just she's a an anchor on News Nation it is her own show
1: it's it's not though it is the show of the network yeah Supporting her, so like uh, like this show right here, you guys, all of you and us, this is our show. We are not presenting this for any other network out there. We have a partnership with YouTube and you know payment services through views, all that good stuff. you guys know how it works now that is not we this is not a contractual position with YouTube. With mainstream media, right. those are contractual but shows. he doesn't own it. Correct.
2: Is what you're saying.
1: It, the The network owns it.
2: Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right.
1: So it makes me wonder how legitimate are these people? Because, I mean, you have so many people out there that in the world that are are super open-minded. I mean, you can look at our whole community, even the people that believe hardcore and unwilling to change that Brian Koberger's guilty and the people that believe hardcore and unwilling to change that uh, he's innocent, they're still open-minded enough to communicate and talk and at least look at the potential of other theories. Now, when you watch mainstream media, you do not see that absolutely do not see that. Very, 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 very rarely do you ever see one of these anchors, one of these show hosts come out and say, yeah, you know, that's a good point. But let's look at the other side here. What how could it you know what I mean? There is no looking at the other side. It's like it doesn't exist. And it's presented in. A biased way, an offensively biased way most times. I'll
2: ask some questions about it because I'm curious, but I do think she gets I don't think that they're like, this is exactly how you need to act. I think a lot of it's her, but I'm sure she has to like sensationalize everything and like, you know, I'm sure she has to put on some kind of act um and you know they want those ratings they want those views and if what she's doing isn't getting those views then she's got to change it to get those views you know what i mean um which is why i think it could be how why she's becoming a little more unbiased towards this case because of how much hate she's gotten like I mean, bro- it's
1: all kind of happened at once i You're don't know right. if everyone noticed it that did. but every mainstream media news anchor and source has all of a sudden opened the floodgates to become willing to look at other theories. It was one after another after another. First, you heard Enton asking questions like more open-minded questions while in Moscow. I've heard Jesse Weber being more open-minded. Now, the video with uh, what's-her-face... uh, the attorney, uh, what's Banfield? Her? No, 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 no. What attorney on, uh, on Jesse Weber's show? The huh? attorney you like,
2: Andrea Burkhart. Yeah,
1: Andrea Burkhart. Now, <clears throat> that was that was I, a bad what look I th- for Jesse Weber. That's but, what
2: I thought I said. I thought I said Burkhart. Oh, uh, I thought I did, but it came out Banfield.
1: <laughs> that was a bad look for him, but yeah. I have seen other shows where he's been way more open-minded. We even saw Nancy Grace coming out and making it seem like there's a possibility he's innocent. So this has changed quite a bit all in the last few weeks, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's great. But is it like they all got together and had a conversation? You know what I mean?
2: I don't think so.
1: Right, right.
2: I don't think that they're going to get together and have a conversation about it at all. No, um, right. But I I get what you're saying, though. It's weird that it happens all at once. But honestly, I think it's because they're seeing the feedback from the, these online communities. Exactly. That's mm. what I
1: think, too. They're businesses, you guys. But they look- run on statistical. <clears throat> oh, Yes, um, Thank you I for clicked su- on it and then totally started thinking. Um, uh,
2: thank you for the super chat, Ian. That's why they're anchors. They keep you in one position. Right, right. That's like a really good comment.
1: That is, that is. And it's funny because it's the truth.
2: I did also want to say that the Evil CJ show said that they get paid $18. Did you say per thousand views?
1: No, uh, YouTube.
2: Who? What? YouTube? That's
1: YouTube. Are you sure? If you meet all criteria, I'm pretty sure. I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah, I thought if you he follow was follow the
1: guidelines. Yep. I
2: thought he was talking about news anchors.
1: No, no. News anchors are contractual. Okay. It's it's different so is it for like every a anchor. You have what's his face? Um, that uh that is going through a divorce and uh he he's very aggressive in the way he presents himself. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, a far right anchor. What's it? He's a young guy. Um Steven uh Crowder. Yeah. Stephen Crowder's um contract that he turned down was like it, I don't even remember what it was. It was an insane amount of money though. So it it varies from person to person, which yeah. is my point for proving it it's a contract. It's based on your following. It's based on what the uh the network believes they that you're going to be worth to them. You know what I mean?
2: Yep for sure that makes sense um but yeah i i I, that's
1: interesting i didn't realize that tucker carlson had spoke about i i stopped watching politics you guys probably about a year ago but um it's interesting that tucker carlson is saying that's how it was when he was there i didn't know that
2: like it was he was being puppeted thank you elliot for that i didn't know that either um, but yes, AR, I, that I think most content creators are on board with you on that, you know, what? that people like us, like us, mm-hmm. AR, you know, other true crime content creators, a lot of times that's the purpose is because you don't really like mainstream media, you yeah. know, you want to have discourse, you want a community, you want to have free thought.
0: Fifty Which,
1: million on Crowder. That's right. Thank you, Lynn. That's yes.
2: And thank you for the super sticker, truth and translucent. Yes. We appreciate
1: that. We appreciate you. Um. So, where was I going with that? Oh, uh. Before we we pause to give shout yep. outs. So, um, with mainstream media, a lot of times they they are a business, okay, and business are ran on statistics. So, um, it. It's similar to what we're doing here. I mean, I I got to be honest. I I don't want to make it seem like we're like mainstream media, but we get a lot of our stories, a lot of our topics and a lot of our information from our community. Yeah. And I think that mainstream media does it in the same way, you know, but their demographic that's watching their network obviously is going to be much different than like our demographic here who's involved in our community. So, they're going to cater it to whatever that demographic wants, needs, feels, sees. So, what has changed along the way is it the coverage that we're seeing on the case, you know, the pre-trial is is the pre-trial honestly changing the opinion of people to where now we have mainstream media changing and becoming more willing to Drop this incel theory and 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 give an opposing argument to the likelihood of him being innocent. You know.
2: Yeah, I I like that it's changing. Yeah, it needs. I mean, it I needed, don't know if
1: it's honestly changing. It needed but. to, be,
2: but it's becoming a little bit more balanced. They're at least entertaining talking about it instead of just hammering down. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I I just think it's important in any opinion, any theory and any idea that the truth is the truth. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I'm not so interested in somebody's personal opinion of the truth. I would really just prefer to see how the chips fall, honestly, transparently, openly. You know what I mean? Not not how someone saw the chips fall. And uh, there's not a lot of room for debate and argument in that. So when you have mainstream media who's coming on here and drawing lines of connection in this case, I think it's deterring people more than it's making people want to continue watching them. Yeah. It's pushing people away. Yeah. Because look, we're human beings. We're gonna draw connections from from any situation we're involved in, whether it's watching a show, whether it's something we're involved in, we're going to draw connections. And the obvious connection is oh what if I what if I was innocent and I got arrested and mainstream media is no. treating me this way. Is that fair? Is that okay? Would I be okay with that? Would I feel okay if a family member had it happen? You know what I mean? Like there's the obvious connections.
2: You know what that just reminded me of is I was watching Murdoch's victim statements today and also his statement that he made to the court after his sentencing. Mm -hmm. And, um, he got like 27, 28 years or something like that. And, uh, he said in his statement to the court that he would never do anything, despite what you may hear, to hurt his wife and his child. But he said he pled guilty on these charges as like two weeks after he got the plea deal. He's like, I I wanted to plead guilty on these. But with that, he's like, I would never hurt them. And I want people to know that. Yeah. I have, from the beginning, felt that he didn't do it. That someb- He knows what happened, in my opinion, but he's not saying... Because of Buster.
1: So many people don't agree with this. I know. So we put out a video and I would would say most of the comments on that video are people that are like, you know, Murdoch is so disgusting. And I get He is.
2: I'm not saying he's not disgusting. And I want to, I want to really, really emphasize that he is disgusting he deserves to be in jail he deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life and rot in there okay i agree with that because i think whatever he did for sure led to the death of his wife and his son i believe that a hundred i don't think he
1: pulled the trigger but
2: but the only other thing is the two guns like I would really like someone who feels they have a good understanding of this, one of you viewers, to explain to me a theory about the two different guns, switching between the guns that makes sense. Because it doesn't make sense. If he did it, then he had somebody else with him in my mind, or he was there and watched it happen and was held at gunpoint.
1: Yeah. I, but I, I still the think only, he needs
2: to be in prison because he is a monster.
1: Yeah, the the only theory that I can come up with with Murdoch for him being the trigger puller is the fact that one of them is an effective long range rifle and one of them is a shotgun, which unless you're shooting slugs, even so, it is a much shorter range. so. Was this spur of the moment and he grabbed two different ranged weapons because he didn't know if it was going to be up close or further away? That's the only thing that I can come up with. But I still don't feel like he pulled the trigger. However, I still feel like he needs to be in prison for the rest of his life because... Um, you guys, we did a drug topic video on Murdoch, and I don't want to get too far into Murdoch, I want to stay on topic here. Um, but we, uh, we did a drug theory topic video with Murdoch and the evidence of him partnering with that one guy. And I'm, I'm having an ADHD moment right now. I forget his name, but there's a local drug dealer confirmed 100% drug dealer, like literally have pictures of arrest for Uh, for transporting dope and illegals up to the, the ports in that area. And he was partnered with him. That's where he got his house from that property from, um, all this stuff. And, uh, due to like some of the things that he was doing in there and what some of the local gangs had said, um, I don't believe Murdoch could have pulled the trigger. I do not believe he could have pulled the trigger. I do believe that it's possible he could have hired someone. I do believe more than likely his family died because of stupid decisions that he made. You know, it it could be punishment. For getting caught doing something stupid, because when when you have a a drug organization that depends on you, you can't just back out. You guys, you you don't get that choice.
2: Yeah, we made um a Murdaugh drug theory video. If you guys missed it and want to go check it out, it was a while back. But I want to say good night to the Evil CJ Show. Thanks yeah, for stopping by. We'll and-
1: come we'll come check you out one time when you're live. We appreciate you stopping in.
2: Yes. Um but yes, cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie is a he was That's not
1: the one I was thinking. Cousin
2: Eddie's the one who I, the, the the whole side of the road yep, getting shot yep. thing. Um It's a
1: different guy though. The one I'm talking, the about, one the, talking about. The one you're talking about is different. Dealer. Yeah. Yep. Um I so, don't remember his name. His dad and him were notorious uh drug traffickers. He has Charges for large amounts of cocaine in Alabama. He also got caught by the U.S. Coast Guard with illegals on his boat um, and Murda was partnered with them. And at, that guy gave Murda his house, yeah. gave it to him for a dollar.
2: Yeah, but the reason I brought up Murdoch, you guys should go check out that video. Maybe we can have a night talking about that and do more research, you know, and I would Kimmy and J Ray, you guys seem to be opposing on this. I would love to hear your theories on the case Um, if you want to send them to me in Discord and I'll take those into account because it's an interesting topic. But the reason I brought it up is because he went on to address many people in his life that have been had a lot of issues, Okay. And from media, you know, rumors being spread about them, things being said in the town uh, that weren't, maybe not necessarily true. Like we don't know, you know, because there's like that that area seems like <laughs> there's people got to do what they wanted for a while. Um, but I mean,
1: as long as you were in the right position, as yeah.
2: as long as you're in the right position, yeah, locally owned. So I mean. I don't know what's true and what's not, but it did sound like a lot of people that were close to him were being fired at, you know, like they people were saying all kinds of things about them. And the media was saying a lot of things about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's hard. You know, that's really hard. But whatever you were saying reminded me of that.
1: Yeah. So. Yes, you're right. We, we got off on a tangent. We won't, we'll try not to do that uh, again, but going back to the DNA. Okay. So looking at the DNA from the perspective of the defense and the prosecution. Okay. So we talked briefly about the possibility of the DNA get thrown getting thrown out. That's how we got on the topic of mainstream media and uh, Ashley Banfield talking about what's going to happen to the case if the DNA gets thrown out, which is interesting. I'm glad that topic was brought up. Uh, I personally, with how it's... Sta- gosh, I am not good at committing to an opinion or a theory without having all the pieces. I just have such a hard time doing that. Um, with with the evidence that we have now, I do not think the DNA is going to get thrown out. Um,
2: what if, okay, but...
1: If it does get thrown out, I believe that it would be because of the chain of custody. I believe that if we find out the sheath got sent to Othram, that gives the defense a foothold to try and get that thrown out. Then. Uh, depending on the history and timeline, if they can if the defense has the ability to prove, hey, the STR profile wasn't ran until the sheath w- had already been shipped off, that would be huge question marks, okay? That is a huge foothold for the defense to argue right there. Um, but it, it there, there's nothing saying that's what happened yet. That is just a theory of a possibility of what could happen when more information around the DNA comes out. But uh, I do not think it's going to get thrown out.
2: Okay, so one thing I wanted to mention is I know Lana had a recent video, Truth and Transparency, where she read some, like, policies about how DNA is supposed to be handled and used and all of the things, okay? And it was really interesting. Now, she made some claims in that video that there weren't wasn't evidence for, like Brian Koberger's uh, grandmother sleeping around or something. It, there's no proof of that, so we don't know. Um, but that's not why I brought it up. The reason I brought it up was because of those policies. Um, one thing I want to mention is that there's no legalities, those are recommendations, like right, it's like get that. So, one thing is <clears throat> <I> that <throat> Bill Thompson was supposed to be included. All the way through it, he was supposed to make sure. Like, if the FBI took over this DNA, they were supposed to keep him in the loop the whole time to make sure things were being handled in a way that it could be prosecuted and there wouldn't be issues in their state because it's a state case. That was one of the policies on there or recommendations. Okay, okay. So So, let me ask
1: you this before you move on to something else because that is not not, moving on. That's not common. It is not common that the DA needs to be involved in an entire investigation. Well, isn't that the
2: point that I'm making right now? Is that even though it's a recommendation, that doesn't mean it's happening?
1: Okay, okay. But what I'm asking is what is the recommendation? Because there is not enough district, there is not enough DAs in a state to be involved in every investigation. So what is the recommendation that the DA should be involved in any case that they're using uh, DNA evidence or the DA should be involved in any capital case or the DA should be involved in any death penalty case? Do you remember? No. Because that'll never happen. That, that's just like a, nothing. Nothing. There is not enough DAs to be involved in every case. So that could never happen.
2: Yeah, I I think you're, I think you're right that that's not going to happen. But the thing is, is she read all these recommendations. None of them are laws, though. Like, so I I don't know what is actually being put into play and what is not. You know what I mean? So I don't know if those are relevant to the court. If yeah, that's going to matter. And
1: technically, that, that bit of information doesn't have anything to do with the DNA.
2: I mean, it was talking about the DNA specifically.
1: Okay, so then it then it, it has to be about the SNP. It There's no way it's the STR.
2: Yeah, they're talking about IgG specifically in that.
1: Okay, okay, so that makes sense then. And that also makes sense why the prosecution wants to leave it out then. Yeah. We were talking specifically
2: about the DNA. That's why I was right.
1: But I DNA is not IgG. It is STR SNP IgG. It is everything that has to do with anything, whether it's direct body DNA, Mm -hmm. bodily fluid, trace DNA. It's any of that. So um, then you're talking. So that answered my question.
2: Specifically IgG.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's that law that says that all these other avenues, not law, but it is a law. I'm sorry, this one is a law. That S&P is not supposed to be able to be used in a court of law uh, unless all other avenues have been used first. So... You must be talking about that once it gets to that point in the investigation, the recommendation is to ensure that you know all that testing is done right, that the DA be included by that point. I'm assuming yep. because the court knows that IgG or SNP isn't as solid as other evidence out there, meaning they want some additional accountability on it.
2: Yeah, and supposedly they're not supposed to be sent out of state either uh, because it's out of jurisdiction or something like that. But I have, I don't know, I'd have to honestly go back and have that part. I kind of want to pull up that document myself to look at it um, because it it helps solidify it in my head if I read it myself. Um, But yeah, I'm just wondering, is that actually going to be relevant because they're recommendations, not laws? And No, it's not. I'm also really curious
1: we should just ignore what? all recommendations i'm just telling you off the top
2: yeah so i'm also wondering what got turned over about the dna because bill thompson said there was just a few like notes like scribbles on a piece of paper that there was no real documentation or work product to show so I know. how That's does how does judge judge know that he got everything for one for two Is it going to be just some handwritten scribbled notes? And is that going to be enough for him to actually make a real assessment on the IGG? And three, if he got handed over a bunch of documentations and work product about the IGG, why did that all of a sudden just appear? Like, I have so many questions. But regardless, the only way, I think you're right, is the only way it could get thrown out is probably chain of custody. That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, or having it
2: cross-examined like somebody else looking at it. Yeah, but that's without all the
1: details. though. I want to be very careful. I always get worried about giving my opinion on these topics because I don't want someone to listen to what we're saying and think that we did research on this. And this is what it is. So just understand what I'm talking about, the possibility of it getting thrown out that's me making things up of what i believe could happen in a right. most likely possible situation you know in in this case now we don't know we have no idea okay the only thing we know for sure is that they have an str which is the standard DNA, okay? That is the standard DNA that everyone thinks about on trace DNA, which is not bodily fluids or anything like that. And trace DNA is not reliable, and our own military doesn't allow it in court. Um, But they have an STR profile on that, and that is what they tied to Brian Koberger. And that is what they are saying is a 99.99998, Percent likelihood of being tied to Brian Koberger. Now, uh, so I don't think that STR is going to get thrown out. I don't. I don't know how the defense is going to go about questioning that. If I had to assume, what I would think is that the defense is going to first do exactly what they're doing. Right, attack everything as it comes. Attack the SNP, IGG because. Technically, that could have been what led them to the STR being connected to Koberger. Once that doesn't work, they're just going to move up the chain or or down the chain, whatever. And I do think they're going to start attacking the STR, how it was gathered, how that knife sheath was handled. Can they prove that that knife sheath was... Uh, under lock and key control with zero cross-contamination possibilities from the time of being found, picked up, transferred to ISP uh, in Coeur or whatever, um, tested, and, and, and do they have documentation for that sheath from step one to and what 113, <laughs> you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I
1: I think that's the next
2: thing we're going to see. Yeah, so what I think most likely will happen is the IgG will be ruled inadmissible to court, but the defense will be able to look over it. And the STR compared to the bugle swab will be included in court as evidence, and that is what the defense is going to fight.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And and you're right, Erica Brown. I, I was trying, I'm trying really hard to keep these topics uh focused on what we have in court documentation right now. But I agree with you, I think there is something to that, and I personally have a theory that part of the reason they are fighting so hard to keep the igg SNP authorum out is I think Othram had something to do with completing that STR profile. I understand that ISP found the STR profile, but I also believe that it wasn't a full profile. Therefore, they had to get it from somewhere else. And we know Othram uses the technology with the vacuum that can find microparticles, you know, what most places can't find. So, could they have filled the gap on that STR? That's why I was asking the question of: Was that STR found and ran in CODIS before the sheath could have been sent off? If we find out it's sent off, complete theory though, you guys. Um, but just to give you an understanding of why I didn't bring that up and why we we're trying to keep it to court documents and records. Um, but hey, Leslie. Welcome, welcome, new member. All right.
2: Yes, thanks for being a member for a month, Leslie, and hello to you. <laughs> um, Cult Delane. So I think that's an interesting idea, like why they're going to get him off on a technicality rather than exonerating evidence. I think that the DNA could end up being exonerating evidence if agreed it was done in a shady way it just kind of depends i honestly think the defense doesn't know i don't think they know if it is like i i think they see issues in it yeah. so they're digging they're unearthing I, the issues
1: look if we have bicka barlow who is one of the most experienced DNA is she a technician or is she a DNA, uh, att- uh an attorney? I don't remember she- what her actual title was, but I think she's a scientist actually. And I think her focus, her career is on DNA, and her experience, uh, is so it is so insane. Like, I was trying to put some of her background and experience on one of our videos, and it was too much, you guys. Like, it was. 10 pages or something like that. Um, with, She's
2: a, for sure a scientist.
1: Okay, so her focus is DNA. She's a scientist she, and she works on... And then on... she
2: went to law school after that.
1: Okay. Okay. So Essentially, she, she is a she BA, has a master's, you guys. She
2: has a master's in science um, like... Many, she has many degrees actually. Yeah. And then I'm she pretty got, sure
1: she does have her doctorate. And at, then she, when pra- we were covering that. oh,
2: okay. And it, then she practiced law. I mean, it might go on to say later she got her doctorate. This is like a timeline of her career. Yeah. Um, but she has a, a lot of titles. Yeah. So yeah, she's studied law, she's studied genetics, uh, DNA. Yeah. She, she's for she's sure a, a She's a total
1: BA essentially, and she's the one who came out uh, as an expert testimony and said that the DNA profile was partial. Now, if you guys remember, one of the topics that we've covered the most uh, about with this case is DNA. Because we didn't know anything, because we're just a bunch of dummies and had no idea how it worked, and we had to learn. So we decided to learn with you guys and record videos as we're doing it. But I feel like I have a really good understanding of like how they compare and contrast the STR profiles now and like what blips are, what a blob is, how uh the state could look at two comparing profiles of DNA and and, and make a guesstimate of it being a match. You know what I mean? And there's so many people out there that believe that. DNA is exact, like you're either a match or you're not. And it is not like that at all. It's not like that in the slightest little tiny bit. The uh, the test can show different than the original sample. It, it has to be, is that original sample match within the bounds of what's acceptable. Like there's a whole bunch to it. Um, so if you guys haven't watched our videos, you should watch them, check them out because they're super interesting. And it makes me wonder if that STR profile was partial and ambiguous, such as B- Bicca Barlow says, then what portions Aren't an identical match. And were those portions taken into account when they said they have a 99.9998 match?
2: Yeah. That's my question. Is there a blob on there? Is there a blob like we were talking about? And they're
1: saying it's a match, but it's not. And that's why I asked when you were the video you did the case that that the video we made that you're leading the topic on this dna was incredible it it taught me so much and it makes me wonder is there a way for there to be intentional blobs and and I'm not saying this is what's going on, but in a situation where we have police that, you know, are working a case backwards there, they have their eye on the guy and they believe he's the guy and they believe that they need to get him off the street. Is there a way to create a blob if something doesn't match?
2: Oh, I don't think so.
1: Okay. I don't okay. think so. It's well, all, makes me feel a little it's better.
2: generated by that, uh, you know, the, the machine that generates the profile um, unless there's some way to alter that machine. Like, cause they were saying anything could cause it. It could be a piece of dust in the machine that could cause that blob. Um, and it, the, my issue here. Okay. Is that basically, I just want to say that. Our DNA technology now is absolutely incredible and it's solving more cases than we've ever seen, ever. And it's incredible. Not just authorum.
1: It literally is like, yes, authorum. authorum
2: is doing a lot with the cold cases. I understand that. But across all law enforcement and companies that handle this stuff, they're solving more cases than we've ever seen before in history. And it's absolutely wonderful and incredible. The issue, okay that exists within that is sometimes I think it's stretched.
0: It's stretched too
2: much. Okay. They're, they're using profiles. They're using DNA samples that are degraded, that are partial. And they're using computer technology to try to make up some of those, you know, Missing pieces, um, you know, they're being subjective and saying whether or not something that okay. So, when we were looking at the two samples, shout out to Joe, uh, the two different profiles, when they're looking at like their suspect's profile and then the one obtained from the crime scene, um, you know, there's areas where you see the allels, they're the spikes, and how high the spike is, is how much actual DNA was there for that allele, like how many, how much of it is actually there. So they can be short or they can be tall, but once they start getting short and misshapen, that's when they're really supposed to say that's nothing. That's some kind of inconsistency. They're not supposed to really take that into account. Um, but instead of that, they're saying, Oh yeah, for sure. That's there. Or the big, you know blob that we're talking about there sometimes is a big hump and that's supposed to be an artifact it's supposed to mean nothing uh but once the reader of these of this evidence of this of these profiles is being subjective they could say well there could be something behind that blob in which this is why it's really important to be able to repeat this test over and over to have enough of the DNA to repeat it, generate a profile over and over so that they can look at those things because the blob shouldn't pop up over and over and over. But the issue is, is like in Koberger's case, if they could only do this test a single time without repeating it and they have, you know, these humps that are misshapen or maybe there's a blob and they're being subjective and saying, Oh, that that's a match. There's a blob where he had this LL. That's for sure. It then there's you, you have a problem. You're so, you're not, are you sharing it? Yeah. yeah. You're sharing it.
1: So w- this is the blob right here of what Malia is talking about. And essentially what can happen in a situation like this, if you guys haven't watched is you, you still need to watch this video. There's so much information in there. It's literally an hour long, and our videos are normally like twenty to thirty minutes for our case files. But um, so uh, a test, when being uh, subjective, could take this blob, and they could make an assessment that there could be a matching. Is it called an an allele? Allele?
2: Those are alleles. Yeah. Yep.
1: So a matching allele behind it which would increase the likelihood of them matching this uh the original DNA found, like on a crime scene or whatever. And and so it is, it, it's not a hundred percent, you guys. That alone should prove that it's not a hundred percent. And then when you look at other tests and you're you're looking at the, the matching, uh, which one of these are matching? Let me see. I forget.
2: That's not one that matches. Okay, It's okay. very obvious when it matches.
1: Yeah, but there is still some variance in it too, though. Mm. Just a little bit. Some weren't as tall as others and things like that. I don't know where it's at, but... But yeah, no, it's just super, super, super interesting. Make sure you guys watch this. Uh, but all this is should be taken into account when... Uh, the, The DNA is being looked at in court, and I think that that's why the defense is attacking this. I think that if the defense gets the DNA thrown out or something that's equally as beneficial as getting it thrown out is getting the jury to question that DNA. The, I, I think that's a huge foothold in the case to where they're going to have the ability to have the defense question every bit of evidence in the case. For sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if I was the defense and I wanted a sure thing, I would totally go after this.
2: Yeah. I mean, it. It we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. But it's it's interesting knowing... That the reader of the DNA, the the expert that is looking at this, if they have knowledge of the suspect, if they um, are working with investigators, it can can become very subjective very quickly when it shouldn't be. It should be entirely objective, like either this is a clear match or it's inconclusive.
1: Yeah. And and what's interesting, you guys, here's another thing, too, because I saw some people make comments that uh, that. a partial could match millions of people. So in Florida, the court and judge allowed a DNA comparison into court. That was one out of every two people were a match. 50% of the world's population matched this DNA sample. Why would you even bring that in? Unless you're the defense trying to prove a point that, Hey, there's DNA on site here and it, it could be half of the world's population. Like,
2: what? Yeah. Uh, I saw. Yep. That. Yeah, exactly. Ian, exactly. It is getting harder to prove how it got there. I saw that Elliot tagged us, too. Something. And,
1: and you're right. We, we actually talk about this uh, in our other DNA video as well that uh that that were matched on literally 0.1 percent of the dna we have like something i forget what it was i think it's 64 billion different um different dna the things that look like a ladder i forget it right now but uh we only need to match on like 8 million of those out of 64 billion but what i'm sorry um
2: If the defense gets the DNA suppressed, the only change will be that the state can't use it as evidence. Also, didn't the PCA say they won't be using DNA at trial? No, that's not what it said. That was the search warrant for Brian Koberger's apartment. Argument. Um, That was the search warrant for uh, Brian Koberger's apartment by Don Daniels, um, Elliot, and she said that they didn't want to use it. Like, basically, the DNA got turned over. She didn't want it to invalidate the search warrant uh, or mess up their probable cause. Uh, Brendan and a lot of people assumed that meant that they didn't want to bring the evidence to trial, which it could mean that. It could mean that, that they were never going to bring it to trial. Uh, But how I read it is that they just later, they were kind of saving their own butts. Like, hey, later, if this gets ruled inadmissible because there's problems with it, Um, it's not, you can't say it messed up our probable cause because we're not using it as evidence for probable cause, which is still super, it's super weird.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it leaves me with a ton of question marks, but it is what it is. And I see how it can be that. I, I still feel super strange about it. I'm not confident in that statement enough to say yes, 100%. They were planning on bringing it in there. I think that they were setting themselves up to be able to include it if it's a match and not if it wasn't and be able to, you know, cater to their argument. But there is no supporting evidence of that theory. That's just my personal theory because of how weird they've been about the DNA. There's something to it, right? Uh, the, otherwise, it wouldn't be such a huge, big stink of an issue where you have Bill Thompson saying that, yeah, we can get you handwritten notes on uh, on the DNA, on the SNP, the IgG. Like, that's just absurd, you guys. That's not how DNA has worked. I mean, the DNA profiles go through a computer database, so the fact that there's just some handwritten scribbles, I, I think that... I'm I think that more than likely, it just wouldn't look good for the prosecution. It wouldn't look good for the state's case. So whatever that is. And that's what that is about hiding. And I don't know if it has to do with the actual test itself or if it has to do with the fact that they sent it to authorum because they do not want authorum in this case. They do not want it in this case. At all. All right. So let's move on to the next piece of evidence. What? Which one do you want to hit? Do you want to hit the cell phone, or do you want to yeah, hit the, the cell car? Phones.
2: Do cell phones.
1: Okay. Okay. So piece number two, which I, I feel like it's good we covered DNA that long because I I think it is that important to this case. I really think the DNA is going to make or break this case. It is the single piece that is going to tie it together.
2: The cell phones? Yeah. You think it's going to tie it together?
1: Um, what do you mean? It's going to tie it together.
2: Isn't that what you just said? Mm-mm. What did you say?
1: I don't remember now. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> so.
2: I, I, I could have swore you just said that it's going to be what ties it all together.
1: Yeah. I don't remember what I was talking about. Okay. <laughs> so. um, Cell phone. Okay. So. What did Jesse Webber say
2: um, in
1: regards to the cell phone? I, I don't want to play that video just the same as any other content creator. So do you remember?
2: No. Like, okay. <laughs> you should have told me to take notes and write the stuff down. I, I don't have memory. I can't sit here and remember word for word what they said.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, really? You don't remember anything?
2: No. Okay, then
1: we'll just go I can go, barely we'll remember what I PCA, said five minutes okay? ago. We'll go off the PCA then. <laughs> and you guys know that uh, lay off the cough meds.
2: He was talking about the DNA tying it together. I,
1: I, don't, I don't take meds very often, you guys. Ask okay. Malia, how often do I take meds? I am like anti-medications. The only, the only medications I'll take is, is DayQuil.
2: No, it's just we both, like, have ADD. Like, we can't remember things.
1: Yeah, so we'll go off the 12 pinks, okay? So, hold on, Marietta,
2: oh. thank you for gifting a membership. Appreciate that. Where's my browser?
1: That's super funny. People are repeating what I said. Where is What it? did you say? I don't know. I got to find it. Someone said that's what he said.
2: And congratulations to whoever got it. Thank you so much, Marietta. Yeah, again. shout
1: out to Marietta. Sorry, I was, I'm was i super one-track minded. I got to get over what I was doing to uh, <laughs> to move you? on to something Did else. You? But thank you for that. We appreciate that. You're always coming in here and hooking people up with some memberships. And it is much appreciated and seen. And we love it. One thought riot, one people. One awesome community. All right. So the 12 pings. Okay. The 12 pings. I would like to start. Oh, Jay Ray got it. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yes. That's
1: Awesome, awesome. awesome. I wish YouTube let us pick memberships because then you could do like giveaways for things for people who, you know. I don't know, raffle type thing or whatever. Yeah,
2: and give it to the people specific who want it, I guess. Yeah, it's yep. kind of crappy that they don't let you gift to specific people.
1: All right, so cell phone pings. I want to I want to work backwards because I want to start with the biggest issue. Um so my biggest issue is that
0: the morning after the crime What? I forgot what I was saying. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so the
1: morning after the crime, uh, they say that he returned back to, and I'm not gonna pull up the cell map, you guys. So there's gonna be a little bit of you guys needing to just take my word for it. I don't want to go through pulling, getting on the cell data map or whatever. Uh, and we've pulled it up before. So if you guys like are, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um. So. The biggest issue is the morning after in the PCA. Brett Payne is saying that uh, he returned to the scene, but he's saying that he returned to the scene, but never disconnecting from the Washington Tower. That's not possible based on the coverage. Now, there is one tower in Pullman that. Has one white bar. Okay. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, watch the cell phone um, coverage and the GPS coverage video. And I explained it. But the, you know, the white bars that give coverage. And that's what shows on that map and where that coverage goes to. Well, one of them comes to the very edge of 1122. And it says that he never lost connection returning back to the home. But it also says that he returned back to the home taking 270, which is that main highway that goes from it's the Pullman Moscow Highway. And in order to take that highway, get off and come back to the house, because technically, when you take that highway from Pullman, you pass one one two two, get off the highway and come back around that. He the cell phone wouldn't stay connected. It would not. there's there's three other cell phone towers that your cell phone would jump to, making that so trip.
2: One thing I also noticed with that is it didn't you know how the other cell tower pings are kind of backed up a little bit with car like footage
0: well,
1: yeah. claiming they yeah. have footage, yeah, that's I, just to prove that the cell phone can be reliable,
2: but which is common for returning to the crime scene. I don't remember there being any footage backing that up that he traveled there that no, day. No,
1: no. So they there isn't.
2: No, there's none. But
1: there, yeah, but there isn't they a don't. lot. So I know. They but give how could they have?
2: How could they have pictures of his car or video of the night and like that all the time the, that they they're only, talking about? But not for when he's supposedly they,
1: returned. They only need to prove reliability once. Okay. So it doesn't matter if they proved it that uh, that cell phone tower is reliably showing where he is on September first, because and I'm making I'm making this up, you guys. But let's say on September first he got pulled over and has body cam footage of the exact location he was at. Then they have cell phone data showing that's where he was. Therefore, that sets the baseline that that cell phone data is correct and reliable. So, three weeks from September 1st, let's just say September 22nd, they needed to prove where he was within that general area. They now have at least a baseline and some proof that that cell phone data is reliable to depend on his location on the 22nd. Does that make Mm. sense? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I understand. So I, they only need to prove it that one time. And then I think that they're, they're trying to say the rest of it is reliable. Now that returning cell phone ping is such a big deal though. Huge massive big deal because it is known almost all serial enders mass enders whatever return to the scene of the crime so they are depending on that to prove a character and behavioral trait of look he is guilty he returned to the scene of the crime and then never did again until he went home or whatever um which i have something to say about that too um But what they're saying happened the night before with his cell phone connecting to Moscow Towers didn't do it that morning. Hmm. So I think that's going to be the defenses in right there, because you're using the cell phone data info for the day before and proving that I drove from Washington to Moscow and down into Washington again towards the south, whatever, what's that, Clarkston it's or whatever?
2: Cl- yeah, Clarkston, Washington, and Lewiston, Idaho. Yep,
1: yep. And you're using that data, and it's showing me con- disconnecting from Pullman to a Moscow tower, and then, you know, a southern tower, and so on. Then why didn't it do that the morning of the crime? That's a de- I think that the defense can lean on that argument.
2: Yeah, but then does that may invalidate that specific time? Yeah. But that's also kind of implying all the other times were valid, no?
1: I mean, that's not necessarily. That's just using the argument against them, their own argument against them. So, and and that's a broad argument, not a detailed argument. Now, there there's a secondary argument there that the defense could take with an expert testimony talking about how there is no way to triangulate triangulate in that location. So, it's one thing to show that somebody's cell phone is connecting from one tower to another to another to another. You can prove that. And that proves the general location you're in, and it doesn't prove the specific location you're in. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. When you're driving from Pullman to Moscow, and you never disconnected from a Pullman Tower, and that Pullman Tower doesn't reach that far, then more than likely, you never went out of range of that tower, Mm. which proves you didn't go to 1122. Right unless there's something else to it like the phone turned off before he got there uh he turned it on airplane mode before he got there you know what i mean mm-hmm. the 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 state's going to have to explain that i personally wouldn't have included that one because that is a great argument for the defense
2: yeah well you know I thought it was interesting on, uh, it was on defense diaries. Um, they just, yeah, Bob Mata, he just had a live with a lawyer in Indiana. And he said one thing that was really interesting to me and that the state of Indiana is now expecting probable cause affidavits to be very inclusive now, even including things that don't point toward the defendant and could potentially point away because a judge any normal judge wants to know those things and throughout a like throughout pre-trial judges aren't combing through the discovery. They're not doing that. They only see evidence that gets brought up and brought to their attention by the state and the defense when there needs to be a decision made or, you know, whatever. Um, but they're not combing through discovery like that. Yeah. But it, So the PCA is meant to be an inclusive outline, or at least they're wanting it to be more of that now,
1: which I I think is a good thing. It is a good thing because here's the thing. Let me give you guys an example here. So let's say. What am I going to say? Let me think of the crime here that matches it. So. um, okay, are you listening?
2: Yeah, I just think there might be an issue, but go, go ahead.
1: Well, what's the issue? We'll take care of it because you got to be able to pay attention.
2: Um, I don't see it. So,
1: what is there an issue in chat? Uh
2: If there's an issue, just uh, like ho- holler at us, guys.
1: Yeah, you use at thought right, so we know. Yeah. Anytime there's like something going on or uh or whatever, use at thought right. Um. Okay. So let's say we're at. I'm at my house, okay, and somebody breaks into my house and steals my TV, all right? And we're we're trying to get a PCA of who did it. Now, let's say somebody came in and I had a camera in my house and have video of person one grabbing my TV and walking out with it, okay? Mm-hmm then person two walked up to my door. They're a neighbor. Okay. Person two is a neighbor walks up to my door because the mailman accidentally dropped off a piece of my mail at their house and they noticed the front door was open. So they wanted to check on you and check on me, make sure I'm okay. So they walked in the house to check and make sure I was okay and touch the doorknob and and all these other things as they were doing that and set the piece of mail down on the table that had their fingerprints on it. But person one wore gloves. I could go to the cops in that situation and tell them, hey, my TV was stolen and they could, you know, check the scene of the crime, fingerprint the scene of the crime, pick up my neighbor's fingerprints, And even though I had a video of person one walking in and taking my TV, person two looks more guilty if I leave that evidence out of a PCA. You get what I'm Um, saying? Yeah. So that inclusive idea of including everything is the only way to go. That transparency is the only way to go, in my opinion.
2: No, I agree with you. I think that...
1: It's the same I, thing with
2: the DNA evidence. I like the idea of the probable cause affidavit being more of an outline, you know, like a, a accumulation of all the evidence, even if it doesn't look great. Right. Um, just, I think that's a great idea. It's like the beginning document outlining why this person should be arrested so i think it should be as inclusive as possible well
1: i never understood why it's not because for me how can
2: the judge make a good decision if he doesn't have all of it
1: it, that's what i'm saying and for me like this idea that they only include and most you guys i know there's this big argument with this case right now where well this is what they always do in arrest warrants is you know they're not going to include all their evidence and they're only going to include things that uh that that prove this one person's guilt. I mean not always, okay? There are plenty of other cases out there right now that aren't doing that. And federal cases normally don't do that. They usually don't leave anything out. And I think part of the reason is statistical evidence is evidence. It might not be concrete evidence. It might not be direct evidence, uh, but it is evidence. Hmm. So including the other details in any crime case or anything uh, gives you a better understanding of the statistical probability of their supposed arrest being correct.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know with what you. I mean? I agree with you. Yep, Absolutely. Um we kind of are off on a tangent right now though.
1: <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but it it still has so, it still goes into the argument that that could be made in the court case. So Yeah. We can go back to the cell phone evidence.
2: Yeah, I mean really I think what was outlined in that video was just the fact that he pinged there you know, 12 times return to the crime scene, which it kind of blows my mind that people represent that him returning to the crime scene like it's a fact when in the probable cause affidavit, they make it seem like so not a fact, like it's very questionable, even in that document. I mean, Um, the way
1: it's written makes it sound like a lie. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't feel like it should have been written that way.
2: The way it's written, it just looks it looks like a very loose like it looks like very like they don't have much evidence to prove that. And remember,
1: Um, the cell phone evidence is what made me start doubting this case because of my background. I looked at the cell phone ping evidence and that was the first time I was like, "Ooh, there's something going on here. Yeah, I need to start looking at this a little bit deeper.
2: Yeah, it it was weird. It it was. It's all written weird. The fact that he acts like he did all the cell phone triangulation on the phone with an FBI cast agent, like what? That doesn't make any sense. And yes. then them basically and in, you said invalidating, recently. uh, yeah, and them invalidating their own thirteenth ping. Yeah, Like
1: I agree. So and the fact I mean, that we don't know that the phone was turned off. Like you have you've argued multiple times, which is good because I was one of the people that automatically assumed that he turned his phone off. Right. And that was my bad for assuming that when it could be a dead zone, he's driving through. It could
2: be a dead zone. It could be airplane mode. And even if he turned it off, like I I don't think it's that weird, though, it's questionable because there's not too many coincidences in murder. Okay, but Like him turning the phone off during that time is really, really strange. But maybe he didn't. Maybe it was a dead zone or something. But even if he did turn it off, I don't think it's that weird for an insomniac who is a PhD student, who's a TA, who probably has his phone going off all the time, all the time to go for a drive late at night to try to relax and turn it off.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: you know, A.R. Hayes actually brought up a really good point in that your phone charge because I don't know about you, but I have a really tar- hard time charging my phone in the car for some reason. It just doesn't charge very fast. It charges really slow. If you turn it off, it charges like way, way faster. OK, so that's also another good point Um, that maybe he turned it off to charge his phone. I, d- I don't know. Yeah, but I it, there's just too many possibilities now. And I know that every the argument is that, well, look, you got DNA, you got cell tower that puts him in the general area, even if it's not that specific. You have traffic cams. We know he was in there. His own alibi said he was driving around that night. Um, You know, what else is there? There's the phone being turned off or not active at the time of the crime. Yeah there
1: that's such a big deal an eyewitness
2: account of bushy eyebrows
1: i i don't want that to be minimized how that's a big deal that is because mainstream media and so many news sources have covered the cell phone as if brian turned it off and i think where that started at and again you guys that's where it started you got to remember we are not here trying to prove Brian Koberger is innocent. No, That is not anywhere no. on my list of important things to do. It is not important to us. That is not my goal here. The goal is to analyze the evidence as it is presented in this PCA and this case. So, uh, you know, I, I just... I just want to be clear if we have new viewers on here, you know, we, we aren't out here trying to prove his innocence. The evidence will either prove his innocence or his guilt all on its own. We don't need to be here to do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, where, where was I going? What was I saying again? About the evidence, Oh, the cell phone pings. Um, so it's been presented that in my experience and yes, it is in the PCA that in, in, in Payne's experience, when criminals turn off their phone exactly. or don't carry their phone to the crime, it, it like that's evidence that they have been involved and or should be looked at further into the possibility of them conducting this crime. When we don't know if it's been turned off, the PCA suggests it's been turned off. The only way would they would know that is if they had his phone, checked it. Before this PCA was created, which we know they didn't. so And they didn't have application warrants yet. So they couldn't have looked up the application. And the, the cell phone company doesn't tell you if someone turns their phone off.
2: So, um. Yes. If you're new
1: here, welcome. They, but yes, I have Brian, bad ADHD. Brian, d-
2: did they specifically. <laughs> funny
1: you noticed from that.
2: Brian, did they specifically say that he like when his phone pinged uh those 12 previous times that he was supposedly stalking them, that it was late at night? Yeah. They did say that specifically I, in the PCA.
1: I mean, it it's assumed It it's very the way it's presented is yes. We just read yes. we just
2: read it together yes. again, but um the <laughs> whole thing, but that makes sense. But um, I'm just curious because I don't remember them saying that specifically.
1: Yes, it is. So the way he presents it, and I don't have this word for word. So don't don't come after me, you know, throw tomatoes at me if I'm wrong. Um, Members can do that with the emotes. But uh, it says in there that they pulled the the 8456 number, whatever it is, uh, the history of it. And it shows that at around the same time of the crime, he had been in that general area at least 12 times is, I believe, what it says.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, 12, and then the morning is supposed to be that 13th. But but it didn't say
2: late at night, did it?
1: Yeah, well, the same time of the crime, so late at night, early morning.
2: Okay, around the same time of the crime. Okay,
1: I believe I'm right on that. I could be wrong, but I believe that's what it suggests in the PCA. So interesting, but for me still the, the eye opener for me is the fact that we don't know if it was turned off. And that is the story that we've all been hearing is that he's probably guilty because he turned off his phone. Okay. I, I think that is great evidence. if, We can confirm that he turned off his phone. You won't be able to confirm that from wireless records. You don't get that from wireless records. There is nothing that you can go to your wireless provider like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, what's the other one in that area, Um, U.S. Cellular, and say... Hey, can I get records of my phone being on or off? They can give you records of when the phone was connected to the tower or not, but it doesn't show on those records that, hey, the user hit the power button and turned it off. That is only something that you could gather from having the phone or from an application data from the phone, which they didn't have yet because he wasn't arrested at the time of the PCA. Hmm. created
2: so in his in his alibi did he ever mention his phone
1: the phone manufacturer no
2: no the phone like at all did he mention if he turned his phone off or anything like that
1: in the pca no No.
2: in his alibi i specifically said alibi no
1: Mm -mm. no no why Where, where are you going with that
2: I'm just curious if there's anywhere else that mentions him turning the phone off other than Payne. He's clearly making an assumption in the PCA. He's not saying that based off of evidence. He's saying that based on assumption. Um, And I'm just curious if there's anywhere else to back up that idea um, or if we're literally just going off of Payne's word. Now, I assume after PCA, once they arrested him and got a hold of his phone, they can prove whether or not you know it was off or on or whatever
1: once they get his phone right they gotta have their
2: post arrest and yeah and that's what i meant also that i've said this many times with the pca is i understand that's not all of the evidence they're gonna get more after the arrest but at the time of arrest that's like the hard-hitting stuff they have at that moment
1: yeah yeah no i agree with you i agree with you that's gonna be a huge deal you guys and I think one thing that we all need to remember is there's going to be a ton of information from his application data, a ton of information from his application data. And uh, we saw in the in in the court documents that uh, they requested a whole bunch of different apps. And uh, no.
2: No, I'm trying. Just
1: leave it. Yep, I already took care of it. Um, no. So they requested a whole bunch of different apps, and uh, that could potentially show his location.
2: Hmm. It could. There's it a could. lot. There's a lot of apps, like a lot of app uh, search warrants, um, a ton, and almost all of them have like location tracking. All of them, I'm pretty uh,
1: sure. Yes, as long as your settings are turned on, and uh,
2: we—that's we, already
1: taken care of, guys. Just I don't want to waste a lot of time on it or anything. Um, but uh, we took care of it. So yeah,
2: because we've had problems many times. Um, so we did block that person.
1: Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I I'm excited to see that application data because I don't think a lot of people understand too, and which is another reason why we touch on the cell phone data so frequently and so often is uh, is a lot of people don't understand what information comes from the cell phone and what information comes from like geolocation and that blended data tracking, uh, the the trilateration versus uh, triangulation. And the application, location services. That's a lot of Asians.
2: (laughs) I am so curious what that's going to turn out to be. I almost wonder if it's going to change the theory. What What if they show that he wasn't near the house, like that he was driving around in the area, but not on the actual road of the house? Are they going to... Um, change their theory of the case like that he parked and ran there or like what how is it going to change based off that information I'm super super curious
1: I don't know what
2: if what if it comes back that that geolocation data never puts him by the house I what then what happens? What if it's only in those surrounding roads?
1: I agree. And I think a that's lot... smarter
2: to do it that way. So it doesn't make me feel it doesn't make me lean towards innocence because I think it's smarter to do it that way.
1: I agree. I agree. And I wonder if they're going to drop the case or come up with an alternate theory in a situation like that, because that cell phone data, that application data, that uh, the the blended background location, trilateration, GPS, uh, geolocation, all that stuff, uh, is evidence for the prosecution or the defense. It's going to go one way or the other.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, it, but, as long as he has those settings turned on. Kind and of, one thing we got to remember
2: yeah, is but-
1: his focus was tech
2: it could you're right and it could be one or the other but like i was saying it could not be it could be the state changes the case to say well then he ran there yeah or the defense could see look he was never by the house i feel like i feel like regardless even if he isn't driving right in front of 1122 king road the state's still going to find a way to make it fit Yeah, they're going to change the theory a little bit of the case, which I mean, it should change based off of the evidence. But is there more evidence to support that
1: theory? Right. Because remember, in my commission of the crime, if I'm going to do it, I would park away from the house and hoof it. I would. Yeah. So what that and that's one of the things that make me feel really strange about this whole thing is you supposedly have someone right here, right? This criminology student that is so smart, he's going for his doctorate. He knows how to manage and handle a crime, and he drives his car right up to the
2: front of the house. Like, well, to the to the back of the house, dude.
1: You, I've never committed a crime like that. But my first thought is, if I ever drove past somewhere and it is not a main busy street, like a downtown Chicago street. I need to wait like three months before I committed a crime there. Literally. Because what reason would I have for going down that road? And it was done the night of the crime.
2: Yeah, you would think he would know based off of his education so far that everything tracks you. Like you could be tracked so many ways. Um to be really careful about that specific part of it. Like, whoever was focusing on I this crime... I agree with you, Mark. Like, whoever, Mark, was, planning, whoever was planning this co- crime, I feel like heavily focused on leaving nothing in the house.
1: I, I, I agree. Well, I go back and forth because I wonder if it is that or if the crime scene was mishandled. You don't, we don't really know. Hmm. We don't really. I mean, know.
2: it was, there were kids in the house before the cops ever got there. We have a long span of eight hours before the police got there. So I, it could have for sure been tampered with in some way. Um, I almost question sometimes if Dylan isn't off on her time. Um, Of when these things happened and how long Brian was actually or whoever did this was there. What if they were there a lot longer than she is like remembering in her head? And that's how there's a latent shoe print.
0: It's totally
1: possible. I think any of these things are possible. And And I think that's why using other technology to try and prove this case and reaffirm this case could be beneficial to the whole thing because the goal is to find out if Brian is the guy.
2: Yeah. So one thing I wanted to mention that everybody kept saying in the chat that Kaylee made a 911 call and I was like, where is that coming from? It literally came from Steve Gonzalez in an interview pretty early on in the case Uh, but I think it was pre Koberger arrest. And I actually saw this on, it was, um, that lucky guy. He was talking Uh. about pre Koberger, uh, stuff and I'm pretty sure that was it. But he said he, he showed the, Uh. the thing of the interview and I looked at it and he, he did. He said that Kaylee made a nine one one call.
1: I mean, so you heard Steve say it?
2: I can pull up the interview and we it's can okay. look at it.
1: It's okay. Um, we'll figure it out another time, but uh, it, yeah, I don't know.
2: It's really, it's, no, Kaylee didn't, then who did?
1: What What I was gonna, I don't know. I've never seen that. I don't know. I don't know who Lucky is. Um. So, one thing I was going to say, Mike, is I agree with you that a lot of people that don't have a, a background of crime type stuff, I think the automatic go-to is that you wouldn't drive your car. And that's, that's the wrong way to look at it because that's outside of the norm. And in a crime, you want everything to seem normal. So the only thing you can do is to drive your own car. If you own a car and you walked there and got caught in a camera, police would be like, why are you walking here? You know, you're not wearing running clothes. If you took uh public transportation again, why are you paying for tr- public transportation? You have a car, you know what I mean? Like the only option is to drive. Um, but yeah, I, i agree 100 uh strange
2: hmm yeah i don't know i'll have to pull it up myself guys but uh okay i hear a lot of, i see a lot of people saying it's misinformation which thanks for calling that out if that's the case because it looked that way
1: that's why i said but did that you doesn't mean it's
2: it. no i didn't I saw, Otherwise I wouldn't I saw a screen nothing. I saw a screenshot of it and you're right I shouldn't have just taken that as fact no I should way. have looked it back up. Yeah,
1: yeah. But
2: I'll I'm going to pull that part up and uh actually post like a a screen recording of it uh once I find it so that we know what the truth is.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, and put that out there. Uh, I'll post it to like Twitter and Discord and stuff. I'll do it right after we hop off here cuz I don't want to take away from the conversation. Yeah. But I'll look it up. That's kind of messed up if if that's the case.
1: I no. I don't know who who Hope- that person Hope- is, but I, I again, I go back to I always assume the best of somebody and uh there's going to be times where we're going to say information that isn't correct like you just said it.
2: Yeah, that's probably
1: what ha- happened to whoever that is.
2: Well, he pulled up a screenshot. So if he watched the interview and took a screenshot on that specific part and it's that's not what it said. Oh, got it. then
1: unless he got it from somebody else,
2: unless he got it from somebody else and just was. Yeah. But, I mean, I would hope you would go back and watch it. Like, I wasn't trying to say it as fact, but I was like, where is that coming from? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he said that, and he showed a screenshot, and I was like, oh.
1: I would question all of that because of how many people want the 911 call to be believed. They want it to be believed. Now... I do feel like there is some potential real evidence about that. I really do. And I just haven't talked about it yet. So until I get done doing the research, I'm not going to talk further about it. But there is some potential evidence around that in general. It's I've only not seen a one. 911 call. That is not what I'm saying. But it is evidence around the reason why... A 911 call could not have been made. So, uh, I'll cover that this Friday. I'll cover it this Friday and I'll remind everyone when we watch it or premiere it of tonight and then we'll go through it. But it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Some of the connections that,
2: um, yeah, that thanks. we've been
1: able to make.
2: Yeah. Thanks for posting that, Kimmy and everybody else. Um, yeah, it it may not be intentional or anything, but I don't know. I really I need to look it up. I need I need to see what part that is. Because I think it, he said it was on Fox was the interview.
0: Call video two.
1: Hang on one second, guys.
2: Uh, And uh, is there a show called fox and friends yes there is and it was december 4th 2022
1: okay okay now we're good now we're good 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 all right all right all right so um all right michael king of the chat
2: yeah, wow. have a have a nice slumber, king, king.
1: But, <laughs> right. But I think the uh cell phone the the cell phone evidence is great evidence. And one thing, so I'm going to argue the side of the state for a minute here and the side of the prosec- prosecution, okay? Because a lot of us look at this case, okay? Um a lot of us that believe he is guilty Definitely a lot of us that believe he is innocent, and a lot of people that aren't sure. Okay. When you look at this case, it is so easy to see gaps, cracks, holes, and a, a, a general feeling of. The opposite of transparency, it, it feels like there's something going on here, and we don't know why because things are being done in a way that aren't common when you look at other cases of similar value. Uh, on top of the gag, on top of some of the decisions, on top of you know the state saying, Oh, yeah, we have DNA evidence, we have some. Uh, you know, handwritten notes, like all these things are making people wonder why asking questions why something's not adding up here, right? and more than likely it's it's an easy explanation to it, but one thing we gotta remember is the p c a is only allowed to use so much evidence, okay
2: it is it is
1: it is uh because until somebody's arrested, do you really think? For somebody that doesn't have a criminal background, they're gonna go to a judge and get the judge to sign off to turn their electronic technologic life upside down to uh to get a search warrant for his apartment, for his car, for his technology without being arrested. I don't think so. I think their only option was the triangulation and cell phone pings, was the evidence that was in there. Yeah. I think that was literally their only option. Hmm. You
0: know?
2: Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, we've been saying that. I mean, they can't get their hands on a lot of stuff until they arrest him. So there's going to be a lot more that they're going to go through post arrest that they couldn't pre arrest. Yeah. And it helps uh, either solidify the case or not.
1: Right, right. and And I think that's where things start becoming scary, though, is because if police are doing this and believe and believe Brian is the guy and they're doing the right thing, then they are going to make evidence look like it is the most in their favor as possible, like saying he, could have returned the morning after the crime because we see signs on the Pullman cell phone tower of him traveling the direction of Moscow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those those stretches.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just proving that he went to Moscow that night, but not necessarily proving he went to the home, I that's not enough for me.
1: Yeah. You and mean then tra- the night? So try- I was talking in the morning, well, but yeah, that morning one is a, such a big deal to me because it's just yeah. not possible. Yeah. It is impossible.
2: Also, I mean, do you think it's possible for them to never see the back plate of the car in any of their videos? Like, what about C- like traffic stop CCTV footage? Doesn't that only capture the front usually? I mean,
1: look, that's one of the pieces of evidence that I hope they bring out that just proves without a shadow of a doubt that Brian Koberger is the guy, because this is a college town. And I can't tell you how many colleges I've been to to party a lot, a ton. There are like five main huge colleges in Southern California. ASU was the number one party school uh, when I had just graduated out of high school and we'd go to ASU. Uh, I've gone to Northern Cali, to San Fran's uh, colleges. All these schools have a ton of technology, have cameras everywhere. So do I feel like he should have been caught front and back of car? Yeah, I do. I'm surprised if they don't have a ton of camera footage.
2: the CCTV footage just in in it in the PCA, it seemed more vague than I would want it to.
1: i I agree with you. And you even know though it seems like
2: a lot to a lot of people, I know a lot of people feel like it's a lot,
1: but I don't feel like it's a lot. I agree. I don't feel like it's a lot, especially for a college town. And you know what's really interesting is, look, one argument that somebody that believes he's guilty could make or the prosecution could make is that. Brian would drive around at night specifically and meticulously planning his drive and direction and how to do this and he would drive around picking the best route that has the least amount of cameras. But he hadn't lived there very long.
2: No. But is there any way he could get in his field, okay, being a criminologist, studying at the university, you know, he was trying to get internships with police departments. Is it possible he would somehow have access to maps of the CCTV footage? Like, oh, of the cameras.
1: Oh. Maps uh, of the cameras. So you mean like a paper or electronic map where he could sit at home and plan his route? Yeah, um, that would make
2: it so much easier. Like, that would speed up the process a ton if he could get his hands on a CCTV camera map.
1: I would assume no. That
2: doesn't help with home cameras. He would have to drive the route and scout out the home cameras.
1: I would assume no, but... Look, this goes back to him getting caught in front of the house actually makes me feel like he's less likely to be the person. And again, you guys, if you were just hopping on here, we are not bought into Koberger being innocent. We are not bought into Koberger being guilty. We don't have enough of the puzzle. We have no idea. We're trying to figure it out and we just see some gaps in this investigation. Okay, so the but, public uh,
2: the public can get maps of cctv cams traffic cams
1: i i would want to see those to verify because i don't think you can
2: oh man i I, don't i want to know too now i really want to see a map of traffic cams in that area bad
1: (laughs) yeah we'll look it up we don't have the time to do it right this second but we'll look it up but what i was saying is him getting caught in front of the house makes me feel less likely he's the guy than more likely he's the guy because one of the very first things I would do. Okay. So I don't, what, I don't want to talk about me doing this crime specifically. I already did that. It made me super uncomfortable. So let's say I was trying to break into a building. Okay. And in that building was a million dollars in gold and it, Uh, it's set up in a similar way as this, that it is on a dead end road and, uh, it, uh, there's lots of homes around and I don't know the area. I don't know what's going on. And it's a heavy foot traffic area, like a college town. One of the very first things I would do before I even made the decision to do it is park my car away from the, the crime scene about a mile. Wear jogging clothing and go on a run and just, you know, take a break, walk, whatever. I would be wearing super dark sunglasses so I can look around and see exactly where all these cameras were. And I wouldn't be okay. I wouldn't feel like I had a good understanding until I was able to get a 360 view of each house within the area of that house so so any building that could be like within a hundred yards of wherever i was trying to break plan to break into i would need a full 360 view of each of those buildings so are we to think that this was spur of the moment Hmm. and i feel like it okay i feel like anyone would know to do that anybody
2: but I still don't understand why you think that him being caught out in front of the house makes you less likely to believe that he was a guy like that. I That explanation didn't really explain that Your, to me.
1: What do you, you, you just proved you were there. Huh? By driving in front of the scene where you're did or about to commit a crime, you just placed yourself there. A hundred percent.
0: Okay.
2: It couldn't be just being that dumb.
1: I mean, is he that dumb? That's what I'm saying.
2: I mean, I wouldn't think so, but.
1: <laughs> That's why it makes me feel less it's likely. It's too he's obvious. The guy.
2: Like it's way too obvious is what you're saying.
1: He's a criminology student.
2: Yeah, I see it's what you're saying. It's so
1: obvious.
2: I guess. I guess you're right.
1: It's but, so obvious. And I don't I feel like somebody that has no experience in crime being a criminal would know that. If someone walked up to you and said, you have to, or something awful is gonna happen to you, just make it the worst case situation, okay? For for all of you watching, if someone came up to you and said, Look, because of this thing, you have to break into this house. Is your first thing you're going to do go and drive right in front of it and then commit a failed three point turn and
2: speed off when I was making everyone look around? When I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I totally would have done that. But now as like, I mean, that's a teenager. Come on. But as like an adult,
1: I was doing my crimes when I was a teenager.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't thinking like that. Oh, I was. I was not. I absolutely was. I was a total dummy. Like I I'm was just me. I was With just crime. looking to party. Okay. I was not looking to be some master criminal at See, all. And I did want I to be was a master looking master criminal. I was looking to have a good time. Yeah. And if that meant robbing a place, okay, maybe. i guess i could be down as long as we don't get caught but i'm not putting any thought into it yeah so i'm gonna get caught i never robbed anywhere though that never happened but i'm just saying i know know myself
1: what i did is robbing though because doesn't doesn't robbing insinuate that there were people present no isn't burglarizing what would be considered like breaking and entering nobody present
2: i don't know high
1: value item type stuff
2: i don't know yeah but thank you for the ten dollar super chat kimmy we love you in my opinion the jury from that small town who was traumatized by this event will take it all very seriously they have to consider the possibility of releasing him back into their community
1: i agree with you kimmy i agree with you but and that's why are they can't gonna happen
2: wait like... but wait, wait wait are they gonna pick j- j- jury members from the small town oh yeah Oh yeah, are they? Because I oh, thought yeah. that in a case like this, they might uh, bring them in from surrounding areas too. I
1: maybe, I guess,
2: but because it is all, kind of a small. All the grand
1: jury was from population. There.
2: Yeah, the grand jury, but that doesn't necessarily mean the regular jury is going to be I mean, that. I mean, the defense gets a say in the jury, like In the at jury the trial, selection. the trial jury, but not the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait. No they, can, no they can they can argue to make the pool from other areas uh
1: maybe, maybe i yeah. don't, I don't know. They get to choose jury selection, not the jury pool. They do not get to say, "Hey, judge, we want people from this area, not this area." hm so i i I don't know. I don't know how much leniency they'll give because this town is so small. I just don't know. hmm, I don't know. But I'm going
2: to go with that. Oh, okay, Mish Girl. Thank you. Interesting. Screenshot of his run
0: from the Strava app. Is that from the Night of the Crime? Really interesting. Did you send it to Discord or email? Really interesting. If it's the night of the crime, that would be wild. I'm really curious to see those traffic cameras now, guys. Like, really, really curious. Email, thank you. August fourth. Hmm.
2: So is the Strava app must be one of those public apps where you post your runs, right? They're a live twenty four hour feed, yep.
0: Exactly.
2: Oh, no way, Tara. The local church has put out a statement to their parishioners to be open-minded in the case because they know Moscow Ellie is corrupt. Yeah, because they, they know because of Stickergate. Uh we're we're coming that's really, really interesting. Uh thanks for mentioning that. Um, but we just did a video on Stickergate uh that will be coming out soon.
1: Yeah, I have a theory now after editing Stickergate and uh Papa Rogers.
2: Yeah, we'll have to uh, talk about it in the live.
1: Yep, yep. So, all right, I feel like we've covered those at length. So what is number... Wait, did we cover DNA, cell phone, and we've been working on car, kind of.
0: So what other car stuff is there? Um.
2: Car stuff, so
0: because that was
1: considered I mean, there's also a damning piece of evidence
2: well, yes, the the car being, you know, supposedly placed in the area is a, a damning piece of evidence. But then you have to think about which I believe Brian Atton brought up, that there was nothing found in the car. And that's like, whoa, I, how is there no DNA in the car? How is there nothing there?
1: No DNA. They no talked about the shower curtains. No, nothing. And you know what is so interesting? <clears throat> and the only way I think they could save the fact, the save this idea that he took his car to the crime and was able to get in and get out without any DNA evidence is if after his drive or before his drive, do you think the prosecution can prove that he took his car in to get a tune up and get all his filters changed? Because I don't believe it is possible to commit an act in this way and, uh, not get DNA evidence. So we're talking trace DNA, micro particles of blood and everything else that comes with it. I shouldn't have said that. um, that, uh, look three, 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 that, uh, what?
2: Where's 333? he, uh, oh.
1: that, that he changed his filters. I think the opening of a car door could have made that stuff move around on him. I think closing of a car door, I think a cracked window, I think AC on, I think any of that stuff could make that micro particle that we have the technology to test for go in his car yeah I
2: think no? I think you're right. I think the air movement I think just the act of getting in the car, I think he would have literally had to have taken a shower or wipe his entire body down and change his clothes and shoes to be able to get nothing in the car and not have any cleaning products in there
1: i I agree, and you know in my commission of the crime, I absolutely would have parked. The car somewhere away from the house and walked there with a bag leaving at the car baby wipes with peroxide in it there's just nothing else Mm -hmm. that is is good and wiping your whole body down with peroxide before putting clean clothes on so but that can't be done in the time frame of this crime It is impossible to conduct the crime in the time frame that they said it was done, go back to his car, strip everything off, wipe his body down, and even get in naked. Like, it's still not enough time.
2: No, I mean, but that's after the crime, though. Yeah. So,
1: I mean... They saw his car driving off, according to them. So you, you literally... Have to have parked, gone in, out, and
2: drive drive off. Yeah, all within that time. Exactly. How how did he commit the crime and then clean up to make sure not to get DNA in the car in that amount of time?
1: That's what I'm saying. That that, that especially it doesn't make sense.
2: Especially like what if he was it's wearing such a weird thing, like the people, shower curtain
1: idea? Like, people,
2: I know. And it is a weird it's idea.
1: Connected to the car. <laughs> what? Go ahead.
2: People are talking about how he wore that suit over his clothes and like the booties and everything. So, I mean, do you think that would make it faster having a suit over your body and your feet and everything being covered in a suit and, and just ripping that off and then getting in the car? Do you think that's sufficient to not transfer DNA and be fast enough?
1: I don't. don't. Nope. Nope. I don't. So, that That's another reason why I, I put so much faith into this 4chan theory, you guys, is because the idea of using electrician's gloves is incredible, like amazing. I can't think of a better thing to use. Now, you have to be able to get those gloves off, which, I mean, everyone knows how to take gloves off without getting stuff on it, you know, inside out and inside out. And then pulling that stuff off or whatever, um, I. It, either way, it, it's just not possible. There mm-hmm. isn't enough time. Yeah, there is not enough time for that to happen.
2: It's so strange. It
1: is very strange. It is. Very strange. He
2: would have literally had to have been wearing like a hazmat suit that covers everything and strip it off and leave it inside out and stuff it in a bag and then have some way to clean his hands. Because taking that off, you're going to transfer DNA taking it off.
1: So, okay, let's, let's play him guilty. Okay, so let me think. The most likely way this happened is... Did he we, make a
2: suit out of his shower curtain liner? We... May, I mean, no. maybe. No! Okay, the thing with the shower curtain liner, Here. here's one thing. When you take a shower, your skin cells are going all over it. Your DNA is going to be all over it. The There's no way he wouldn't have brought... If he brought that shower curtain into the home, there would be his DNA all over the place. And then, on top of that... I mean, I guess if you're throwing all your stuff into it, the, like bloody clothes and everything, then that's not as big of a deal as long as it never entered the home. Because it's his own DNA. So, I mean... The only way it could have been used is in the car, like in the trunk, laying it down or something and putting all the clothes in there in a trash bag or something to prevent anything spreading. And it's his own DNA. His own DNA isn't going to set anything off when it's in his own car.
1: What if we're thinking of this backwards? What if the hazmat suit isn't used during the crime? It's used after. So he goes in with regular clothes on and just gloves on and and does the crime. And he's super bloody and everything, pulls this suit out of his pocket or whatever and puts it on over his body. And then he can hop in the car because it has like banded waists and ankles or something like that and uh, out of there. Right. That gives him the chance to drive away somewhere with this bodysuit on, holding everything inside to somewhere safe where he can then take it off effectively
2: see i i posed that theory to you um actually a long time ago when we first started talking about this is that i felt like that was like the only way to not get dna anywhere is to suit up after the crime
1: yeah and uh, you're well, like
2: i don't know yeah man. i
1: i still don't think i think there that's too much of a risk still even thinking about it right now i think it's too much of a risk I do. Because you got to think what what is going to have blood on it. You know, you you have your hands out, you have your shoes and feet out unless you you know put sandals in your car, put your shoes on when you step out of the car, go do whatever you're doing, put this go back to the car, put this suit on over ever all the DNA and then take your shoes off wrap them in plastic and then put your feet in sandals. I mean I I don't know.
2: But it's the, all risky. But the thing is is that everyone is assuming it's this Dicky suit, okay? With a Dicky suit. It's not a Dicky. Suit. It's not yeah. like a contamination suit. Mm-mm. That is not sufficient. That is yeah. absolutely not sufficient. They're it would cotton. have to be a straight up hazmat suit, kind of like Tennessee Shine is saying. Like when there's a contamination situation in a hospital, they have excellent procedures for not allowing that to spread, where they can go in in a hazmat suit. Then they have like a room in between them and the outside where they, you know, take it off and wash up and everything to make sure that you're not, you know, spreading it, you're not bringing it out of that room. Um, that quarantined room. So yes, there is a way to go in a home and to kill people and to not bring out DNA. If you are using those procedures, I think there's absolutely a way to do it. If you're hazmat suited up for sure. I believe but the I, thing is, I believe I could but do it. The thing but is, is the amount 15 of ti- minutes. It is the amount of time that is the issue here in the fact that it's only 15 minutes in that Dylan didn't see somebody in a hazmat suit. She saw somebody in a mask that only covered their nose and mouth in, in all black.
1: I know. I know.
2: I, what I want to know is, did she see a head covering for one? Did she, was it just the nose and mouth? Cause from what she said, it's only the nose and mouth. She didn't say anything about it, covering ears, head, hair, hair, She Mm -hmm. said only nose and mouth, which makes it sound like a COVID mask. Mm -hmm. Is that enough? Literally just all black suit or hoodie and pants and a mask, COVID Mm -hmm. mask.
1: I don't know. Yeah, a
2: portable decontamination room that you can get in and out of literally in seconds is what he would need.
1: Yeah or you could need or a party house. I and that's what I keep going back to is look, like I try my hardest to always have the back of our law enforcement and justice system. I do believe they have a really hard job and I do believe that most of them believe they're doing the right thing and protecting the general public and society. So I try my best to give them my trust and faith uh in all situations, but in a this is a huge but and I like big butts.
2: And but, I cannot lie. Um
0: you other brothers our, can't for short,
1: yeah. <laughs> um but uh I totally lost it now thinking of you that.
2: started thinking about that and you I just know. got so flustered. I mean
1: no uh
2: oh gosh you won't be able to think it makes it so much worse
1: yeah adhd that just happens sometimes i'm cool with it what what was i talking about
2: oh man yep adhd moment
1: yeah it happens at least once a show um what was i saying i
0: don't know
1: i don't know either
0: we have the adhd emote
1: yeah we do we need to create shirts that uh that are a thought riot shirt with adhd
2: yeah with the lightning bolt man
1: oh yeah with my thank you heather supporting the justice system so um
2: I, I always
1: do my absolute best to give them my faith and respect because they put their lives on the line. Like it's not an easy job to be a police officer to go out there and and, and put your life on the line in horrible situations to protect the public. So I try and give them, you know, as much respect and faith that I can, but when I see an issue. When I see an issue, it that goes out the window and I start looking for more issues. I start looking for more things, more mistakes, more problems, more, you know, questionable circumstances and evidence. And uh in, in this situation,
0: there's just too much. What?
2: I just Lynn said uh I'm new here. I just wanted to throw the tomato. <laughs> yeah. I just thought sure. that was funny. Um
1: that's what they're there for. But
2: yeah, thank you guys for putting up with brendan's adhd moments they said they said it adds to your charm brian said it adds to your charm oh that's good but it's way past more than once a show at this point you're being called out because you're like it happens once a show it happens like 10 at least once a show at least yeah (laughs) the way more than that normally yeah
1: yeah, it, it's just part of me. It it doesn't bother me. Hopefully, it doesn't bother anyone else because uh, you know,
2: yeah, and I do think being a it. police officer is an incredible career to be proud of. I incredible. It's just Agreed. you have to understand the responsibility and the weight that comes with that position. And I think most police officers do, but I think along the way, somewhere, um, because I okay, I think that police officers a lot of time when they're new they're really gung-ho and inspired and like Kimmy right now you can see it in Kimmy she's inspired she yeah. wants to do right you know she yeah. wants to be a really good police officer and I think that they can a lot of them stay that way but then eventually some of them may get tainted by the job it's a hard job
1: it's that blue it's a blood, hard man
2: job it's
1: and trauma bonding there
2: are some I think that eventually may go down that corruption path because of how hard it is because it's like i'm not getting paid enough to do this crap you know there's a lot of ways i feel like a police officer could be tainted i know you're not an officer yet but you're on your way to being one yeah um and i can tell you're really inspired and you know really excited to you know get there and you know be a good cop and go out there and catch those bad guys or support the community um and i think it's amazing. Yeah. And I I I love it. It's just like you're saying, once you see those issues within a police force or certain officers, you have to ask those questions.
1: You do. And you know what sucks is I've I've known a lot of officers. I've also known even more criminals, you guys. And officers that don't easily Mold and conform with the blue blood idea are usually outcasts and outsiders. And uh, I feel like it would be a really hard situation to be a new cop and go into a department and be like, look, I'm here to protect and serve the law only. Like that is it. And not take any part in anything, not any part of the drama not anything that is gray area. And I think those officers are outcasts and that's the systemic issues and training issues in our police departments right now, because I, I, I I could be wrong here, but I feel like most people want to trust and believe in our justice system and our police officers. But right now with the things that have happened, people would be crazy not to look deeper to look more intently into these topics and issues
2: yeah cuz there's like you're saying some systemic issues um within a lot of these police Trauma bonding, forces there's blue um blood. yeah are there are they're there uh, whether we like it or not and um there's tons of good officers out there but there's some bad, I mean, even good officers can get caught up in a systemic issue, something that's bad. I agree. Um, like, I mean, it's. The I really same wish issue, I really, what? Go it's ahead. the
1: same issue that we see with uh, the fraternities where more than likely there are a majority of good people in there, but because they're part of this group and because they're yeah. potentially trauma bonded, which is what is the fraternity rushing and going through all that, the hazing BS, all that stuff that comes with it. It's that weird trauma bonding situation. Those officers won't make a bad decision, won't make an illegal decision, but will feel wrong calling out their fellow officers for doing that. Yeah, And that creates systemic yeah. issues. Yeah, because right they there. they
2: should be holding each other accountable.
1: But we don't have the, the systems within the police departments to push that. Police you know? should be
2: the biggest snitches among themselves. I, like, no officer should be able to hold your secrets.
1: They should be. I, similar to, like, I think military. I could be wrong. I wish Michael wasn't off here but i think in like special forces um you are partnered with other uh soldiers so you guys have to hold each other accountable and when one person gets in trouble the other person gets this gets the same same thing and it, it creates an accountability uh partnership that is has been proven to be way more reliable than like a fraternity style group of people police force style group of people don't take my word on that you guys i'm i'm not 100% on that i i think that's what it was the article i read but i need to triple check that
2: okay uh mom for life i'm really sorry to hear that um 2020 that's a you've been waiting a minute for trial
0: jeez
2: that's yeah, awful it is And, you know, I saw some people saying that, you know, law enforcement don't have to give any information until trial. And that that may be the case, but I don't stand with that. I don't like that. And I don't think it should be that way. Personally, I think it should be much. I think the. The process should be between. much more transparent than it is right now. There, There is a difference between the Legal investigation, the investigation process, and then like these pre-trial proceedings where they have a suspect, they have him, you know, arrested and charged. And at that point, once they arrest him and we get a PCA, I think it should be much more transparent. And you know what? A lot of cases are. For whatever reason, on certain cases, they don't want it to be.
1: Right, Mike. For real. Um, Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of things we can do, a a ton of things that we can do to fix it. And I just want to be very clear here that uh, we are pro-police. I am pro-police. I am pro-justice system. I am pro all of these things in our country, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be talking about them. They they wouldn't be worth my time. Yeah. I do not talk about things that I don't care about. That It's not worth my time. To Even talk if you're bad. critical
2: of them, that doesn't mean that you don't respect them and you're not pro-police. Like, I think being critical of them is like, it's like that saying uh, that true friends tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, like Mm-hmm. You know, people who care are honest. People who don't care just don't care, yeah, you know what I mean? They're
1: disconnected, yep, yep.
2: and uh, that is insane, Tennessee shine. Holy cow. That's a yeah. problem.
1: I think you left a comment like that before I remember reading about well, that. And that's so crazy. She's
2: in the area where the 911 call issues are in Kentucky, where oh, you can't geez. you can't get an officer at your house in a timely manner. You could never see an officer if you call 911. And that's that's super scary. That is terrifying. Yeah.
1: Terrifying.
2: So Dude, tr- if I were you, Tennessee, I'd be out there protesting like every day. <laughs> right? I would be so scared. I know because that's like the year we live in, you should be able to get an officer to your house. Okay, the way I look at
1: it is if you pay taxes, you deserve that. I would not accept that, that is not okay. I would not let that go. I would be reaching out to politicians, I would be doing Amb- anything i could the- reaching out to national media to come do a story on how bad local law enforcement is for not being willing to answer 911 calls that's dude they need to be called
2: oh, out they answer them they just don't ever get an officer to you i mean the amber spraddling case answering is it. horrific but- in that way like there's literally a 911 call they think there might have even been multiple that night
1: yeah, that's not answering it, in my opinion. But understand right. that I have a... a they
2: didn't f- respond to it. They answered the call, but they didn't respond to it in any kind of way.
1: Yeah, I, I have a flawed idea, you know, coming from California, where if you even accidentally butt dial 911, they, they show up. They show up every time. And uh, it's always really quick. You know, who knows what could happen? Somebody calling 911 and nobody saying anything. You, you just don't know. But... Um, I hope they change that and I hope they change that quick because in my opinion, I just don't think that's okay. I don't feel like that's acceptable. Man. Yeah,
2: I, I think that it will change. I know that Amber Spradlin's family really feel like the state police are doing a good job investigating and everything. Uh, but there still hasn't been an arrest that I've seen. Um, and you know, I, I think that it'll come together eventually. Uh there's just there's a lot of issues in that case, man. Yeah, the fact that it's in a dentist's home in the area, the fact that there's like five people in the house at the time and not a single person has talked like it's a bit weird. But anyway, getting back to the Coburger thing, um, the last one we left off on was the car. Now, the fourth one was Dylan, the surviving witness.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah, we can talk about Dylan. Do you remember what they said about it?
2: Um her description that it, the it was funny cuz they they gave Brian it and basically gave the description of the figure clad in black and everything uh-huh. and he said you know the bushy eyebrows was one of the more descriptive things that uh-huh. she said that's like oh Okay, I think he was just like saying a like a politically correct kind of way. It was one of the more descriptive things that she said, Um, because it's like the one of the most vague descriptions you could give. Oh, for sure. Like it was a a thinner guy that was like 5'10", which is like an average height. Okay, very average height for a man, Uh, you know, slim, athletic build, bushy eyebrows, like almost anybody could match that.
1: Yeah, anyone, anybody. Yeah.
2: You could match that.
1: A- Absolutely. Maybe I was out there during that.
2: Maybe time. it was you.
1: Right. <laughs> but uh, so going into her eyewitness account. So, man. We've talked about this a lot. And there are so many reports. There are so many documents out there. There are there's so many essays and writings in academia talking about the unreliability of an eyewitness statement the unreliability of an eyewitness account and uh i mean even in uh police handbook type situations and training and things like that they they suggest that you don't focus on and depend on eyewitness accounts so um in this situation i it, I am shocked that they leaned on the eyewitness accounts in the way that they did for the grand jury even. So how hard are they going to lean on the eyewitness account for the trial? I, I don't know.
2: Is there more to it that we don't know, though? Because there's the rumors about them texting supposedly that night. Is there more to the eyewitness accounts? Because we don't know much about Bethany at all. Is there more there that we don't understand yet and we don't know? I think there almost certainly has to be, especially considering the defense is saying that Bethany has exculpatory evidence.
1: I agree. I agree. Talking about Bethany Funks, but Bethany Funks wasn't in the PCA. So uh, just Dylan's was. So, yeah, I I agree. I think the biggest question, if there's one question that most, the majority of people could get answered right now, it's going to be what happened in that eight hours. Whether you think Brian's guilty, you want to know what happened in that eight hours. If you think Brian Koberger's innocent, you want to know what happened in that eight hours. If you don't know, you want to know what happened in that eight hours. Like that does not make sense. How can you have an eyewitness account? How can you have Uh, and I know I'm saying everything that you guys already know and are probably already thinking, but how can you have all these details? How can you be scared? Frozen shock. Frozen shock proves that you knew there was something wrong there. That's the only thing that would cause frozen shock. But then police aren't called for eight hours. What is going on here?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would know what Bethany knows because of discovery, because they were both stated to be interviewed. It says that in the PCA that they were both interviewed.
1: Yeah. But who, um, who's saying otherwise?
2: Somebody just said, how would they know what Bethany knows and uh, something about it, their interviews or whatever? I mean, it says they were both interviewed. And I, I, I like your idea of the read technique with them, especially with Dylan's statement, because that's the only one we have. Especially is, if is, they're maybe they didn't just maybe they didn't just make it up maybe they pushed her to say things led her to say things that weren't necessarily true i think that's a possibility
1: i agree and until people see the read technique like i i have a suggestion for you guys when we're done with this video or tomorrow or something like that um look up like negative Outcomes of the read Technique, uh, capital R, capital E, capital I, capital D. Uh, I think that's how it is. But uh, it, is. it is a way of interrogating, questioning and just everyday normal conversations that police forces all across the U.S. are trained to do. Now, the FBI, the CIA, the DOD, the ATF, the Marshal, all these other. Federal governments have dropped this, and a lot of them dropped it a decade ago because they don't work. They are so the the percentage of ineffectiveness is so high that most of these. Organizations have dropped it and they've gone to more uh, psychological micro expression, body reading conversation, making the person that you're interviewing feel like they have all the power in this situation. So they open up and feel more comfortable uh, and let stuff out, you know, like that's the more. Common direction that these leading agencies are going now with the read technique, it is all about making someone feel uncomfortable. What they'll do is they'll put someone in a room and imagine this being someone that has never been arrested before. Never been in trouble by law enforcement, never been a part of a read technique interview, Uh, just lost four friends, maybe feels like their life is at risk. I don't know. Right. I don't know. But I, I imagine somebody could enter the room with high stress already. And then they take them and they put them in the corner furthest away from the door in a chair that is lower than every other chair in the room in a chair that is stuck to the ground and can't be moved when all the other chairs in the rooms have wheels and can move around freely and everything. And then they put two officers in between that that. Person they're talking to in the door, and they come in and say, We have so much evidence. Sometimes they say that they have a whole bunch of evidence against that person. Sometimes they say they just have a whole bunch of evidence to make that other person feel like they're the expert here and they know everything that's going on, literally every detail that's going on. And then they lead them like a carrot on a fishing string and they say stuff like, Well, you. You know, this happened, right? Of course, this happened, right? Because of this, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And this happened, right? Because of this, and it all of a sudden you have a fully formed and functioning story that might not be the necessary truth, but because they entered that room in trauma, because they entered that room stressed out, uh, their own memory starts changing because that's what happens when the human mind is remembering things is every time you remember something, it it changes a tiny, 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 tiny bit. And that's why the human memory is not reliable. The more time that goes by, the more your brain turns each memory into better favor for you unless it's like a ptsd situation or a highly traumatic situation a lot of times it makes it worse but normally it never just stays the same so it it's concerning it's concerning because we've heard so many different things about dylan and where she was we've heard everything from her being on the the first floor we've heard things that uh Maybe she was drunk. Maybe she was, you know, doing some other substance, uh, which I'm not saying is wrong or anything, but like these things need to be upfront and honest because they can change someone's memory in these situations. I don't care or think less of her, even if she was on something. It doesn't matter to me. It 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 just helps to understand the scene and situation if we understand that. And I'm blown away that they that they hinge the whole grand jury on these eyewitness statements.
0: Blown away. Absolutely blown away.
1: So if you guys haven't watched the read technique video, you should totally watch it. So. When I started learning about the read technique and started doing that video and wanted to do research into it, and I have been, uh, interrogated before full on hours of interrogation. Um, but, uh, when I started doing my research into it, I also started researching the new leading, uh, techniques that the FBI is using. And the nine day comparison is insane. It is absolutely insane. Uh, the difference in how they're approaching uh, a conversation, an interrogation, an interview. Um, it is it is absolutely wild. And I, I think that if we came from a position of not trying to traumatize the person in front of us, I bet the the memory and eyewitness accounts would probably be a whole lot more reliable, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, in, in most handbooks too, in most law enforcement handbooks, it actually suggests to officers to not depend on eyewitness statements because people aren't dependable. We change our minds, you know, especially if you were involved in a traumatic situation or circumstance, there's a good chance that, you know, Dylan could come forward and say, Hey, I'm not going to talk. I I'm. Taking back my statement, you know what I mean? I'd be well, that
2: would be
0: crazy
1: if you did. Have I ever watched the some kind of interrogation? I don't think so. If you have easy access to that, you should send it. Send it to our email. Uh, i I love watching interrogation techniques, especially now since I've learned how unreliable the read technique is and how embarrassing it is. Because remember, you guys, like, I back police officers. And part of the reason I care is is finding new ways to make them more successful. The read technique is not one of them, man. It is a corporate sales-driven technique that they they go from police department to police department with inflated percentages of success that is terrifying it's scary stuff man absolutely terrifying and scary stuff
2: did you watch chris watts's interrogation Mm -hmm. was it all read technique
1: um no he came forward and
2: no we didn't
1: they weren't yeah
2: he did not come forward to confess. They were interrogating him.
1: Yes, but he still... So, by the time he confessed, they were only like 25% into the interrogation. He was he was the furthest away from the door, and there were two officers in between him. So, like, the layout of the room, they were using it. But the conversation was not read technique. So the layout was the conversation was not.
2: Yeah, the layout was the conversation wasn't. You're right, because they didn't come at him with all this evidence and say, we already know you did it. And all. it wasn't like classic read. But yes, his dad was involved in that. But I think that's because they got him to the breaking point because he yeah, he talked to his dad. But he he then like fully confessed to the cops. He just wanted to talk to his dad first. Yeah. I I watched his interrogation. I followed that case so closely like in real time as it was going on. Um you know, literally the day they went missing him on the news giving his weird interviews and then him confessing and everything. I just I had to stop. I had to take a step away from that case, which is why he's been the only one to cover it yet on here, like some little details around it, because I can't even go into it. It bothers me too much. It was literally like affecting my mental health. I just couldn't. I couldn't go there. Yeah. It's just, it's such a... All of these crimes we talk about are so horrible, and, you know, the, the people who did them are monsters, but that one, just in particular, just some of them just can hit you in a spot where it really hurts, you know, yeah, like really hurts, yeah, anyway, yeah. uh, so, Dylan, is there anything else uh with the surviving witnesses? I mean, Bethany, I feel like, is a real wild card here. Like she's either going to be a crazy wild card for the state or a crazy wild card for the defense or she's not going to know anything. Like we really have no idea.
1: Yeah, I I don't know either. I I th- okay, so here's my theory for the FBI going into yeah, the Gannon case. I agree with you. That case is it got to me, man. Um, what, the
2: Watts case?
1: No, the the Gannon.
2: Oh, Spons Gannon's. Yeah, case. that's a hard one, too. Yep.
1: Um, so. This is my theory with Bethany. I think Bethany has evidence that could help exonerate Brian Koberger. And. The state was trying to keep that away, okay, and the defense got word of it, and the defense went down there and found out what it was and everything like that. And part of the reason the FBI came back to the house is to uh, test the audio to try and throw doubt on whatever Bethany's funk statement is.
0: Oh. That's what
1: that's what my personal theory is. There's nothing proving that you guys, so just remember that's just theory. Nothing has has come out saying that's true. So it has nothing that's, to
2: do with Dylan, it has everything to do with maybe Bethany's statement. Correct.
1: I think it has to do with Bethany's. Yep. I think that they went in there with with audio testing machines um to to make it seem like, well, you know, Bethany heard this, but Our tests prove that that's not possible because of this and that and this and that, and yada 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 yada. yada.
2: I, you know, what I'm also really curious about is if what they find in Koberger's phone, what if they find like dating profiles where he was like hooking up with chicks like on the regular, like going out and having, yeah, like going to
1: tickle parties,
2: yeah, maybe that was his thing was tickling, yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they absolute, like, I've seen it all over, uh,
2: D- Dylan lawyered wait, up a, too, though. Well, you know, for a fact, Dylan lawyered up and her stepmom's a lawyer. What's a dating
1: profile? What is one? Like a dating app?
0: Tinder,
2: Tinder. uh, so, Bumble. Like on,
1: on Tinder, they have tons of tickling parties you can just go to. Oh, Cool.
2: I guess, you know, from experience, right? Yeah. (laughs) You like tickling parties?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm not ticklish.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I totally think that's what it's it. That's what it is. Uh, Crime talk is that her statement didn't fit their narrative of the PCA. And so they left it out. I think that is what happened and that's what does happen typically in PCAs which is why I thought it was really cool that Indiana is trying to include more. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're trying I, to like give a like more of a full outline of the case and possible exculpatory evidence instead of just only the evidence that fits the suspect period. Dude, like, that
1: would be so funny if in court they did have to come out and Brian Koberger has, like, a crazy popular OnlyFans.
2: Oh, God.
1: Of him. Or... Like, just nonstop tickling people.
2: Yeah, that would be funny. Or that he has, like, a crazy sex life like yeah, where he's I agree
1: where he's, he's the opposite of, of an incel he's
2: the opposite of everything they're saying he yep. is that would be pretty wild it I would I don't think that's what it's gonna be but it would be crazy I
1: don't either but it is interesting that they're not talking about that theory anymore
2: yeah they're not talking they about, have that incel not talked
1: about that theory anymore
2: yeah they're not really so
1: I mean I I don't know I don't know But I do think, I believe, that the FBI going back had to do with Bethany's statement. I really do. I really do. Do do you remember if we heard that Bethany Funk was part of the grand jury?
0: Like she went there to talk? Yeah, her statement.
1: Because they hinged the grand jury on eyewitness statement or statement. I don't
2: think either witness talked at the grand jury, but it's secret. We don't know. Right. But right. I but I think both of them left out of town and didn't want to come back, so people went to them to talk to them.
1: Oh, no way.
2: <coughs> yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure cuz there's there's something out there that, that that people went to talk to them. Like literally went out of state to talk to them.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure traveled to see them, though. I'm pretty sure. I know the defense went to Bethany. Yeah. I didn't know that the grand jury went. Oh, I don't know about the grand jury. I don't know
2: about the grand jury. Okay.
1: So I'm talking specifically about the grand jury because the grand jury was hinged on the eyewitness testimony.
2: Okay. But I'm saying I think that they went and got their statements for that. Like, somebody went to go talk to them for that, like, to have it.
1: Okay. And
2: it was used at the grand jury.
1: Okay. Like, maybe the grand jury convened, got together, they formulated questions and sent somebody out there to talk to them? Hmm. Yeah, because I I thought it was the defense, too. I thought that the only people who traveled out there to talk to Bethany was the defense. Okay. But, uh, I, I could be wrong. I, I was just it trying to been. understand the grand jury a little bit better because we already know the grand jury's totally slighted. I mean, I don't think happen, they
2: should be able, if they wanted to, it, 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 like literally interview both girls.
1: Yeah, but that's, here's the that's thing, the though. the they point of the grand more, jury. They ask for more evidence and we're told no. If we're believing the statements of, uh, Gonsalves and uh, Blum or Bloom Me, yeah,
2: dude. His is it does he pronounce his name Bloom? It's Bloomy, it's not Bloomy, it's Bloom from what everyone's saying. But I want to know if he, what he pronounces his name as because it doesn't look like Bloom, it looks like Blum, and when you look up Howard Bloom. The way it's spelled, like the way if you, you know what I mean? B-L-O-O-M, Howard Bloom. It's like a crazy guy.
1: This is how I've come to learn.
2: I would want to pronounce it Blum.
1: This is how I've come to manage all words that have any association with Idaho. However, it looks like it should be pronounced. You need to pronounce it the opposite.
2: With Idaho, yes. But Howard Blum is not from Idaho.
1: Yeah. He's associated. So any association?
2: Well, we're associated. So does that mean everyone should start mispronouncing our names?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's Blum. It's for sure Blum.
1: Yeah.
0: Blum. Um but yeah, I I I think that the defense What? I'm just trying to think what I believe,
1: how the defense is going to approach Dylan. Um, do I think the defense is going to approach Dylan and try to throw her off and uh, stress her out uh, to, you know, get what they want to fight, figure it out? No. Do I think? I mean, we don't know that. No. That's they will Why,
2: dude? Then they're Aunt not Taylor- doing their job. Ann Taylor's way too smart for that. So what's not smart about that? Because she is a battered victim to the public's view. They also have to think about optics. And I don't think flustering her, upsetting her is going to be the right move to the jury. Because regardless of whether it's wrong or right, the jury is not gonna look kindly on the defense like Yeah, you're being mean to her. Basically, You're thinking too
1: aggressive. You're thinking way too aggressive. Okay, so what do you mean? You can fluster somebody and and get somebody to, you know, trip themselves up on their own words without making it look like they're bullying her. So I am just curious if they're going to approach her in a way that they are going to, you know, cause stress, a stressor and to figure out if the statement is true or to find holes in the potential statement. There's no way around that. It, this is already going to be stressful. I'm not saying they're attacking her, but it's going to be stressful for her. Anyone who's saying that it's not, they're, I don't know what they're talking about, but they aren't talking about that.
2: No, I've just, I just—I guess I jumped to conclusions because I saw people saying that the defense was basically going to bully her and come at her and like railroad her on the yeah, stand. I, and I, I don't
1: believe that's ever needed.
2: It's no, it is never needed, and it looks really bad on them. It's not going to make the jurors but favor. But stressing
1: Cobra. someone out isn't mean. You're no, just you're, you're right. just pressing on stressors to. Uh, see if you know there there is validity there is yeah. it going to be the same story when someone is uh in their auto human reactionary you know head mind whatever um and is that going to be their approach i don't know
2: yeah maybe
1: because here's the thing you also need to remember If they can prove that her statement can't be trusted, what's going to matter most? Do you really think the jury is going to say, you know what? We're putting that guy to the death penalty because his defense attorney made her cry.
0: (laughs) What? Yeah.
1: No, I want the truth. And I would hope that the jury takes their job serious enough that they want the truth.
2: I think they I th- I really hope that they will. Um and uh, you know, they probably will. But CH, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yes. What? That's what I think will happen. He said it very well. Uh they will 1 billion percent treat them with kid gloves and will coddle them and do what Brendan is saying but with compassion, supportive and motherly. I think so too. It's yeah. I think that's exactly how it will go down. Yeah. I I, I yeah. think they're going to try to get her to slip up. I mean, that's
1: that's the best that's outcome the point. for the defense.
2: Yeah, that's the point. Is,
1: is this, re- you know, only Brian knows if he's not guilty, okay? I I don't know if Ann Taylor believes he's not guilty. I don't know. I don't know. know. There is no way to know. But I would assume that Brian would say something. So if they're approaching this and he, and they both know he's not guilty, then... Clearly what she's saying can't be true. So then you have to approach that in that manner to show that this isn't true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not being a jerk. I don't think you need to be a jerk. If I was ever an attorney, you can do all the things and say all the same things without being a jerk. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I also really want to know about the DoorDash order.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: But so since they didn't give a fifth piece of evidence, I'll propose one because I saw someone mention in the chat. What about the alibi being flipped as an admission of being in the area? Do you think that is another big piece of evidence? The fact that he admits he was there? Um. In the area driving around that night?
1: No, no, I don't. Uh, did did he say he was in the area or did he just say he was driving?
2: I mean, I can pull his alibi remember? back up.
1: It's not, uh, it takes too much time to look stuff up while we're on here. I
2: mean, um, it doesn't. I have the court. So
1: website. I it's really I personally easy. don't think that him coming out here with that alibi or non-alibi is damaging. I don't. Really? No. I think that...
2: I was really scratching my head when it
1: came out. I think people were... I think people got let down because they were hoping for something else. But if he is driving around and that's the truth, okay, the truth should be acceptable. So people should you know cater their dials to uh, allowing the truth to be acceptable Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah
2: i get what you're saying for sure
1: so i i don't know the the only thing is when when his when that statement was given it was given open-ended so allowing for other evidence to be given yeah. For you know sure. what I
0: mean?
2: Mhm. Yeah, it was it was very general intentionally so that more could be added on later and they even had something in it like to where it could be added on later basically. Yeah. They said something.
1: Yeah, the the statement about essentially Ann Taylor was saying, "Look, we We're not ready to give this, but we're going to give this. And this is what was going on that night, you know, with Brian Koberger Mm -hmm. as he was driving around. So uh, I I don't think there's anything proving yet that that says he was there in that area. And and one thing that helps him is his neighbors saying he was up late all the time. Yes. The cleaning, the vacuuming, the, you know what I mean? There was that recorded interview of his neighbor, and she says that he was, he's always up vacuuming and cleaning. And, you know,
2: also him going for runs, like him and his neighbor went for runs together late at night and did it many times. So, I mean, it's clear that you have somebody who is up late a lot. Um, and going for runs, like not just driving, but going for runs and, you know, cleaning and doing things like clearly he was very active at night.
1: Yep. I agree. And it
2: wasn't just driving around. It was other things too. So I think that, I think that they're probably going to use that to try to make some kind of. You know, like, show that this is normal for him. Like, I think that's the defense's angle. What it's going to be is that um, this is normal for him. It's not weird for him to be doing any of this stuff. Like, that's just who he is. He's an insomniac. So him being up late driving at night, that's nothing.
1: I agree. look at all these
2: other times he's out driving nowhere near the house. Like he went for runs with his neighbor. He, you know, cleans a lot at night. Like, you know, it may be weird, but if they can show that that's very normal for him and in all the other situations, nothing nefarious was going on, then it's, you know,
1: yeah, then, then there's nothing to it. And, and leaving that open ended in the way that they did, I think is uh, gives them the ability to change, update, or add in new information later of where he was. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I I think they're smart enough to know that just a statement, just saying, "Hey, Brian was driving at this time in this area at this night," um, isn't enough. That's not enough, right? So they need to be able to gather evidence to prove. That he was in this area at this time making it enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. I really, really do think that uh, that we'll see more evidence come out. But um, if that evidence is going to help him, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just don't know.
2: I have no idea what's going on in the chat right now. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know. It just looked like it was going nuts. Brian said help. (laughs) And that everyone's going nuts.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was just uh, giving...
1: I was just putting our links out there for everyone. You guys Um, make sure you hop on our social medias and um, that was all that on there. And one, one thing I did want to say is the discord, right? So if you like getting alerts, if you want to be reminded when we're doing a premiere and when we're going live, pop on to patreon.com forward slash thought riot podcast. And there is a free tier on there to let you know updates and what's going on and alerts and pictures and, and things like that. Um, and we are adding to the membership, you know, it, we need to do more and we're going to be adding to that. Especially once we're full-time, once we're full-time, like it'll be on man. I can't wait till we're full-time because the editing I'm going to be able to do should be incredible. Really my biggest issue right now is just the amount of time that it takes, but um, hop on discord discords on there. If you want to continue the conversation, if you like continuing the conversation, Hop on Discord and it is free, completely, totally, and absolutely free. It is just a bunch of people on there that, uh, you know, want to continue learning, growing, talking about crime, and uh, doing it together.
2: That's interesting. Did you see Heather's comment right here? What? That the DoorDash warrant is for the home, not Zana's DoorDash account.
0: Whoa. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. That is
0: interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, good luck
2: catching up, Kimmy. That sucks. I hated falling behind in college. What a pain in the butt. I don't... Guys, Brian, I know there's a lot of people who tout that theory that, you know, DoorDash people could be, like, dealing dealing while they're (laughs) driving around their DoorDash. I don't put a ton of weight into that theory. Um, I know there was a one-off situation where it happened in a totally different state across the country uh but i i just find it kind of hard to believe that that was going on yeah what do you think yeah that it's hard to believe yeah yeah i don't know i would have to see more to even consider that cuz i f- i just don't
0: i don't know man yeah Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But
1: that is it for the show tonight. And we should have uh, a new video to premiere tomorrow. And just remember this week's videos that were premiering that was recorded last Friday. Um, they are the shorter videos because of Thanksgiving that put us behind. Uh, so we have a shorter podcast and the normal podcast is normally between three to four hours. And this one is like two hours or something like that. Um, but, uh, make sure you check us out on Spotify and, uh, Apple and Amazon and Google. And remember, I just want to tell everyone thank you again. So in the last four to five months that we've been a podcast, since we have more people on right now, uh, on Spotify, we are in the top 15% of most viewed. We've been in the top five in two different countries, and uh, we are in the top 10% on Apple. So we appreciate all of you. That goes to you guys for helping us get there and helping us get closer to a full-time podcast and uh we will just keep at it and it will only make the content better and better and better and if you get a second on any of those platforms rate us give us a ranking a comment and uh a shout out and we appreciate it and we appreciate you and you guys are all incredible and we are all thought riot podcast
2: we are all of us together
1: yes ideas
2: combined
1: Thank you. Yes. Thank
2: you all. Have a wonderful night. Appreciate you being here and all of your input. And we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Yes, we appreciate it. See you later.
0: Bye.